Welcome to episode 554 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Radio team, welcome along to episode 554 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? Great, Mr. Oz. I'm Mrs. Oz in the house today. She is, she, she, yes, she is. Yes, been, she is. Have been signed documents? She is Mrs. Oz now? Well, the, I, don't, no, I don't think she is yet. Okay. I'm not really bothered, to be honest. Okay. And the, the, I may have talked about this on the show in the past, but I made Joe's nickname Joe Reed. Yeah, yeah. Everyone knows Joe as Joe Reed. It's like it's not really a nickname, but I know, it's but, name. but that's like everyone will just say, "How's Joe Reed?" You know, like as in like you know, like a nickname. Mm-hmm. So it might be a while. I'm, uh, I'm losing my voice, John. Well, put soldier on throw. You know this bloody challenge. You want like a hard yard for me? I tell you, the yeah. athletes. I don't know what hard work is. Exactly. And commentator, it's hard work. I am talking. Proudly brought to you by Athlinks.com. Social networking for endurance athletes. Extreme endurance. Your lactic buffer. And our patrons. And our patrons include some of these amazing people. Martin Wally Waite. Good old Adrian Projectile Berry. Mark Magnum Royden. And then we've got Jetstream Chris Doherty. And the next one I saw here put a post on our uh, Facebook page in one of the discussions of the week. And he said, uh, I'm not a hooker, but we're going to call you that anyway. <laughs> Carl Trout, hooker. Well, it depends on how you reference hooker. Exactly. I was going to Trout, hooking the fish. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, what else? Or, or you could be a front rower in rugby. Exactly. Yeah, so hey, just you, Carl, you got a dirty mind. That's all I'm saying. And this week's show, we've got a bit of a Challenge Wanaka special, plus Bevan's wedding, plus fire update. <laughs> and we've also got some news, some hot topics. Uh, we've got lots of pro interviews. Yes, so I was Carl, we caught up after the race. Luckily, I was only doing the half down in Wanaka and caught up with the top three guys and the top three girls. And then John's just going to give a bit of insight into his own race. And uh, that's about it, really. So on this week's show, first of all, the big piece of news is we still are selling our I Am Talk latest batch of gear. And Matt Anderson, I'm not going to put that photo on the website because... Save it for next week? Well, it's a wedding week. Okay. I'll put a wedding it's photo fine. on. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. But next week, I have to say it's a good photo. Yeah, no, I was actually, I was literally about to email Matt last night when I was getting ready for the show saying, send us a picture of you racing out there because I saw him out there in the I Am Talk gear. I'm pretty sure I saw him on the bike. Because Matt's did Kemp Kick as well. Didn't, or yeah, the, the 10 year anniversary. Yeah. Um, I definitely saw him on the run because we were sitting down on the beach with the kids and I saw him running past and I got all the kids up to give him a high five and everything when he was finishing. Nice. So that was all good. Uh, so oh, there's Mrs. Isles now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so guys, if you want to get the gear, uh, you got about one week. We, we put a post down on Facebook, but I know some of you aren't on Facebook. Uh, I raced in the gear at the weekend as well. So the first time I've raced oh, in you the, were the looking tri-suit. Sharp. It was looking good. And we get lots of good feedback on the tri-suit for, for racing. And um, just in general, everybody seems to... It's nice gear. It's a nice gear, you know, a nice gear. You know, you can get cheap and cheerful stuff, but it's um, good quality. It's champ systems. Uh, so check it out. And Matt was saying you've got plenty of love out there on the course from uh, people oh, loving, is, oh, loving, cool. loving the Iron Talk gear. So get on it, guys. Okay, so Challenge Wanaka happened on the weekend. And I tell you what, what a great day for racing. Absolutely. It was absolutely fantastic. So we had the guys and the girls race. And we'd probably say this is the strongest guys field we've had at Wanaka. Um, 
don't, for I don't depth. Know. Yeah, yeah, no, it was it was good. I mean, it wasn't. It's it's, it's a pretty small field, um, but it was good. It was just really good racing. I can't tell you off the top of my head if, if they've had stronger. They've had some some good athletes there, but that was it was good close racing with pretty even athletes. Yeah, so it was uh, it was a great day. It yeah. was a really great day. So so you want to talk through the guys' race first? Yeah. So the. Um, the swim, you know, Bevan was obviously down there because we we started after the the full athletes and and they didn't uh, didn't seem to drill the swim too hard and they had changed the course a little bit and so but it certainly didn't seem to be uh, an amazingly fast swim. So the Perno was short last year. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's the conditions a little bit. I think last year. Uh, the, so the guys came out in 50 minutes. It was Mike Phillips and Luke Bell. Um, Rosie was there and uh, six of them. Six of them. And yeah. then some, somewhat surprisingly, Luke McKenzie was just a little bit off the back. Um, but he may have been suffering a bit from the cold. So um, then, uh, then they got onto the bike, and you kind of think, well, Dougal Allen normally, you know, ten minutes ish. Yeah, off well, one oh three, I think, was what he did two years ago when he won it, mm. when he got second, and uh, yeah, he was only four minutes off the you know, behind them. He came out in fifty four. So I, th- I wouldn't say I thought race over, but I thought, man, he's going to ride up to those guys pretty quick. But what was really impressive with his swim was he was buying. He was, it was a solo swim, mm. you know, like a guy like Dougal. In like an Ironman New Zealand or another race, you'd always have people to swim with. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this race, there were six guys at the front, and then there's a couple mm-hmm. of stragglers way behind. So, you know, that's a big step up for his swimming. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and then what I thought would happen didn't really happen. The guys sort of stuck together up the front there. There was Mike Phillips and uh, Luke McKenzie and Luke Bell. And apparently, Luke McKenzie and Luke Bell were really, you know, spanking at pretty solid pace on the front. And Mike was kind of just uh, hanging in there. And uh, Rhodesy, I think, blew, blew a tyre out or something going over one of the bridges. Yeah. Um, but then uh, and Dougal Allen, didn't, it took him a while just to, to peg it back, but finally caught them at about 140, 150k on the bike and put the hammer down and, and got himself a lead coming off the bike. Does he talk about that in the interview? Yes. Okay, because yeah. he, he was saying that because he had such a great swim, he had allowed some time. Mm, which is patient, yeah. Which is a really good move, wasn't it? And then on the run, you know, it was uh, a couple of minutes gap to Mike Phillips, and it stayed that way the first lap of the run. It's two lap run over there, and so you're thinking, well, Mike's a good runner, but he's in new territory, first iron distance race. Dougal Allen kind of knows what he's doing, um, but you really, even though it was three minutes, you're going, this could go either way. Yeah. And then um, Dougal Allen did, did start to to eke it out, and only in the last kind of ten k, but hey, mm. like you know. It was Mike Phillips had a great first race. Absolutely. Yeah. So and then uh, Luke Bell was uh, he was a little way off the pace in third. So uh, ended up Dougal Allen eight twenty six thirty eight. Mike Phillips was uh, eight thirty two and Luke Bell was eight forty two. Did you go to the awards? Yep. Did, did, what, did you know what happened with Luke McKenzie? Uh, no. Just a bad day. Yeah, he was on the run because I remember seeing him when I was running back. I, I didn't see the first two guys, but I saw. Uh, Luke Bell in third, uh, and I saw him in fourth or fifth or something like that. So he certainly was running, yeah. but I don't know how much of the run he did. I've got to say, 4:27 on the bike is on that course is sensational. Yeah. So it's a new bike course record uh, and also a new course record. He beat Richard Usher's 2010 time by nearly nine minutes, which is sensational. It was a perfect. Yeah. Really, it was near. It's the best day, day I think they probably had there really. Yeah. It was a little bit hot on the run. But it wasn't unbearable hot. No. You know, it was a, it was a hot day, but it wasn't like, oh my God, this is scorching. It was Absolutely. just like almost like a perfect summer day. Mm. So that was, that's amazing. I mean, Richard was a good athlete. Yeah, it was a perfect conditions, but uh, still you could go out there and do the business. That was impressive. So then, so then we, so the guys race was really good. All day was a bit quite interesting. It was only really in the last bit where we really knew Dougal had it because Mike Phillips just did a really good job of staying close. And, you know, Mike Phillips is 
of the pedigree that maybe could have closed that gap. So it was kind of, you know, you just didn't know. Mm. Um, and then the girls race. Wow, what a, what a two-horse race that was. Mm. And uh, so you had, they came out of the swim pretty close together, or bang, bang on together, uh, Laura Sill and Montblanc Blurk, and we always thought it was going to be a bit of a, a two-horse battle um, between those two. And then, uh, yeah, they sort of stayed together on the bike, and um, Laura Siddle had a very small gap. 30 seconds. So basically it was 30 seconds all day. So mm. what happened was Siddell was off the bike, 30 seconds ahead kind of held that lead for a little bit mm. then Van Vlerken got ahead for 30 seconds and then it went out to like two minutes and we kind of thought okay game over and then the next split it was back down to 30 seconds it was like wow we've got a race on here and, mm. and it ended up being only 27 seconds yeah so she would have been seeing her all day yeah so there's this you, we probably hear this in the interview when you when you on the there's two lap course for the for the elite for the for the full probably at about maybe about the 15k mark or so you have this little out and back it's probably about 400 meters down and you come back and you t- then you make this right hand turn so you know at that stage if somebody's within maybe a minute to two yep. minutes you're going to see them there yeah. and she would have got to that point on the run Yvonne Van Vlerk and, and gone oh shit yeah <laughs> and put the afterburners on so I've got to say when they when they ran past after that first slap Yvonne Van Vlerk was looking really nice with her running and Laura Siddle did not look like she was running as fast as Yvonne Van Vlerk um, but she's not as, as natural a runner but uh, yeah for her to hang tough and uh, she must have been gutted where she got it um, she was she was okay. I mean, she's obviously gutted she didn't win, but she, she was pretty happy with her performance. She did she's set a new bike course record, 4.58.58. Wow. And again, I've got to say, sub five hour on that course is, that is really impressive. It yeah. is, uh, it's a tough course, it's a big chip, and uh, both the athletes broke the course previous course record with Van Vlerken setting a new benchmark of 9.16.11 with still only 27 uh, seconds back. So uh, Yvonne Van Vlerken swam 58, rode 4.59 and ran 3.14. Laura Siddle's times were pretty much the... Uh, pretty much the same <laughs> it was just uh you know only 30 seconds in it. and then third place and you'll hear from her later on is emma billum who actually ran faster than those two ran two minutes uh two minutes quicker and she was leading out of the swim and was a bit weaker on the bike but uh she was she was pretty pleased with her performance so yeah great girls race and we're gonna have all the interviews with the top three both male and female athletes on in about 15 20 minutes so check those out it was it was a great race all all day it was really mm. cool even in your race it was really fascinating as well and the mm. half was really fascinating the girls half was a little bit more dominated by one athlete but overall it was just a really cool day for racing which is really great uh recommend the race yeah, oh we'll go, I'll go, go through that. I've got a few few pointers okay, on that. Such a race. Okay, just over the last couple of weeks, we have had a couple of races. We obviously pre-recorded last week, but we had the iconic Coast to Coast in New Zealand, and that was also a really good race as well. Awesome yeah. racing. Yeah. So Braden Curry was it was a two horse battle in the in the guys race and and also more or less in the, in the girls race. So I think most people thought Braden Curry was going to go out there and uh, reclaim his his the, reclaim the title because uh, he didn't do it last year and Sam Clark won it last year. Mm. And Braden Curry is kind of the man when it comes to adventure racing in New Zealand. So it it was kind of well not. It wasn't 100%, but people would kind of just assumed it would happen, didn't they? Mm. And so just to remind you guys that don't know a huge amount about this race, it starts with like a 3K run or two, 2K run, you jump on the bike, you do it's about 60-ish Ks on the bike, and then you get off and you do a mountain run, which is probably similar. I mean, they Braden Curry ran 250, so it's sort of around about the same time as a marathon, but it's pretty pretty hard on the old legs. It really is a proper 
it's not a trail run it's a proper mountain run boulders and all that mm, sort of stuff awesome run you get off the bike get off the run you have a, a short transition bike uh, about 15 k's and then you're into the kayak for um about sort of four hours for the for the top athletes you get out of the kayak and then you've got a sort of 60 70 k ride um flat ride back to christchurch and uh yeah Braden curry took out a lead as you'd expect on the run he had a bit sort of 10 10 to 12 minutes I think coming off the run and uh, sort of maintain that on the bike so you're thinking going to the kayak keep it nice and steady and um, and Sam Clark sort of pegged it back on the the kayak and then uh, I think I think it was about three minutes three or five minutes he was down coming out of the kayak and then he just blitzed the final bike ride I think Bladen Curry looks like he blew a bit there towards the end yeah but uh, yeah really close racing and, and the, the cool thing is we had a race in the guys and the girls race whereas often it is a one person do- mm. dojo domination so in the end Sam Clark did take the victory by 8 minutes so his time was 11 hours and 2 minutes and Braden Curry was 11.10 and the girls was was almost yeah it was very similar sort of uh, similar sort of race um, Robin Owen put 10 minutes or 11 minutes into Alina Russia um, on the mountain run and then she sort of clawed it and, the, and they kayaked somewhat similar oh no 10 minutes and she put another 10 minutes into her in the kayak but Elena Russia just came storming home on the final ride to, to take it what so a massive ride but to put 20 minutes on her yeah or 18 minutes on her yeah. when she was that far back so she must have destroyed that last bike yeah I mean this Robin Owen lost uh, 15 minutes in the first ride as well so it's uh, she's clearly not the fastest rider but clearly a very good um runner and because uh, there's only 70k the bike isn't it mm. so to lose that much time in 70k is exactly well they would, they would rip your undies wouldn't it mm. you so know russia was 13 hours and 11 minutes and robin Owen 13 29 okay we had a couple of quick races in australia we had the 70.3 and g long and the husky lc long course yep so sam appleton took out g long from josh hamburger and dan wilson on the guys side and i see a few other names it was a good strong field you have like tim van burkle down there in seventh and clayton fatale and uh yeah so bloody strong field on the girls side of things i'm really intrigued to see how annabelle luxford goes at ironman she hasn't from my memory she hasn't had a good Ironman yet, but she crushed the field over there on the bike. She rode a 2.24 where the other girls, nobody else went under 2.31. So she's coming over to Ironman New Zealand, I think. Oh, wow. Uh, so I'm, I'm, yeah, if she can replicate her half form over a full, she's going to kill it because she could swim great and she's a really good runner. So we'll see how she goes. But she took it out from Barbara Riveros and Sarah Crowley. And then at Husky, good old Crowey, he's not done yet. <laughs> Bloody hell. <laughs> Beat the boys. It came. It came off the bike. With about I think it was about a three minute fifty down or something, and uh, ran away with it. So he took out Michael Fox and Kieran Roche, and then on the girls' side of things, Laura Dennis took it out from Jennifer Davis and Hannah Davidson. So Crowey still got it. Jeez, he really is, isn't he? Well, but the guy's a legend, you know. Absolutely. The pedigree of that guy. Okay, so the big news, which we couldn't announce last week because we had obviously pre-recorded, but. Pretty exciting stuff. The Super League Triathlon has announced today has been unveiled as a future of triathlon with huge prize money, superstar fields, and action-packed racing formats that provide pulse-pounding action and unparalleled spectator experience. The world's best triathletes, including two-time Olympic gold medalist Alistair Brownlee, um, Jonathan Brownlee, uh, Gomez and so on Butzoni are among 25 superstar athletes that are signed up for lucrative Super League triathlon contracts for the championship series and what is a closed league series open to athletes only to athletes who have secured a Super League triathlon championship series contract all athletes will race in Super League series 
triathlon uniforms and chase 1.5 million US in professional prize money and incentives incentives over what, series one of Super League triathlon. So, John, give us a bit of a breakdown. What's happening here? So. Maka is basically seems to be the guy behind this. Obviously, mm. he's he's got the connections to to stump up the money. It's going to be in a place called uh, Hamilton Island, which is in uh, Australia. It's whilst he's saying this is going to be a revolution, it is basically what they used to do in Australia. So it's bringing something back, isn't it? One, uh, and that was fantastic. So for, well, you've always talked about that time. Yeah, and I saw Brett Sutton wrote a, a very quick piece on it, and I really pretty much echo what he was saying about it. It's it's going to be awesome. It's not new. It's going to be awesome for the spectators, you know, triathlon spectators, but general spectators, the format is going to be brilliant and we might see some some different uh, different winners rather than the same old, same old. TV product? TV product. It's going to be, yeah, it's 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 going to be really good. So um, I think it's going to be, it, it, triathlon's moved on since when that was on because back, back in those days what they used to do was they'd have that in the Aussie summer. So the, the Kiwi and Aussie summer, um, it's the off-season for mm. the Northern Hemisphere, so they're not clashing with the ITU circuit or, or Northern Hemisphere racing. So there's a big window there for the athletes to race. And it was very much an Aussie field um, with the odd token other pe- people in there. So Hamish Carter used to, yep. he went over once or twice. Cam Brown did it once or twice. Craig Watson. Were they making good money? Uh I think the thing is you got a retainer, um, so everybody who gets on it, you get a retainer. Okay. So I think it was the top guys who were. And I imagine sponsorship dollar because they became household names, didn't they? Because mm. I remember, like, I knew nothing about triathlon, and I remember watching Hamish Carter, and obviously being Kiwi, I knew who he was, so I was pretty excited about it. I remember. And, and, and this was the day when Australia was the dominant force in triathlon. Like they would just, you know, you'd turn up to a World Cup race and they'd have 10 guys on the start line and, and five of them would get in the top 10 sort of thing. Wow. They were just crushing it. So but there was a lesson time as well. It was. The lesson never, I wouldn't say never did it. I don't recall him ever do it. Spencer Smith did it. Um, Brad Bevan was the dominant character, but wasn't he? He was. And then you had Greg Welsh in there as well. He was pretty good. And Miles Stewart. So you had loads of world-class athletes but they did it in the off-season and I think that's going to be the really big challenge for this series is trying to get the timing right Mm. Um, so the timing for this first round is perfect so what's happening with the World Triathlon Series is it starts in Abu Dhabi in March and then it's in uh, Australia in April and so they've slotted this right in the middle there the athletes will be probably coming to Australia anyway so it's fitted in really nicely okay nice um it's it's a three day event. So the first day they're doing what's they're calling as a triple mix, and they do a swim bike run, they do a run bike swim, and a bike swim run with over the distance of three hundred meters swim, six k bike, and two k run. Obviously, in the, so in all those orders. are the same. Every every swim's a three hundred. Every bike's a six k. Every runs a two k. But just, just a different order. rotation of it. Okay. And you have a ten minute gap between each race. So you have three individual races, and you put score points based off where you finish. And there's a race. ten minute gap between each. Yeah, yeah. So what does that mean? So the so once the last person finishes, the clock starts? I don't know if it's the last person or the first person instead of 10 minute gap, so um, I'm not quite sure. There won't be that much of a gap. There'll only be, you know, a minute or so between the... Yeah, true. They're, they're all pretty yeah. good, so... Um, and then on, How cool is that? Yeah, that's no, going to be great. So wait a second, go swim, bike, run, run, bike, swim, bike, swim, run. Yeah. Oh, that is going to be cool. Yeah, so, so they don't have any bike finishes. How, how long will that take? For one lap, for one like well, so, three hundred meter swim. Let's say four minutes, including transition. It's not probably that much, but ballpark four yep. minutes. Bike six k. Um, so yeah, you know, it's just less, balls out, isn't it? Yeah, less than ten minutes, obviously. Wow. Um, and then run two k is uh, 
is yeah. five, five, five to six minutes. So, so you're looking 15, 20 minutes really, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. So it's basically the race is about an hour and a half. Mm. And that's oh, great. Oh man, imagine how tired you're going to be after that. Mm. But then backing it up and then on Saturday, this is, this is a slightly different format. It looks like they're going to do a cycling time trial, I think uphill, uh, and then they're going to do a pursuit race where you go swim 300, run 2K, swim 300, bike 6K, run 2k so it's a pursuit format so whatever lead you get out of the cycling time trial you uh you take off so it's the handicap start based handicap, on handicap start so you know exactly where you are and then it's just first person across the line yeah again that's pretty cool mm. so how, how far is it tt do you know no but i'm picking it's probably 6k i'm just guessing I, there was some footage of maca climbing up this hill so it may not be that far but it's up uphill so, so it should be some honest, honest little TT mm. and then on Sunday they're going to do a triple try with athletes getting eliminated after each race so I think it's the same distances as that that first one we talked about that sort of 300, 6k, and 2K. but it's triathlon every time triathlon every time okay, yep. ten, 10 minute gaps and I think and then they eliminate um, a certain number of athletes after each one so and in races. the last one how many will be in the last lap I think it was uh, I think they were dropping 5 per race so they got 25 and I think so you end up 15 five, in the last race. Five, and then you got five, I think. So, yeah, so it's fascinating. But one of the who's things... Got, who's got a suit? I mean, you're still going to get the, the regular contenders. You need speed, but you mm. also need a bit of strong base, don't you? Mm. And we often see the Brownleys are not quite as dominant at the really short stuff. You do see them getting beaten over sprint distance. Yeah. So um, I think there's a few names that will pop out that perhaps that you can just drill it over a K, but they don't have the strength and endurance to, to be able to hold it over 5K or 10K. So there was a, a fellow, Blumenfeld, from Norway last year who, who really came onto the scene, and he got a few couple of podiums, and he could be someone to be to be up there. Transitions are going to be critical. You cock up your transition. Oh, it's, oh, it's game over, isn't it? absolute game over. Especially in the elimination round. Mm, and the cumulative fatigue will be big as well. This is one of the things I'm, I'm not quite sure about from the F Formula 1 days is I recall those being they were all tied in with other events in terms of there was big surf events on they have a swimming race they have a running race they have the triathlon and they kind of move from centre to centre and they had the same sort of format so wait a second you mean incorporate with the Australian Ironman stuff yeah so Australian Ironman for those who don't know they, it's not Ironman that we know it it's almost like surf beach kind of sport mm. um, kind of pedal boards sprinting, sprinting on the sand and this kind of stuff and uh, it's, it's quite a big sport in Australia so it might be that the, the was on a Saturday afternoon so you go right one o'clock is the surf light Ironman the one forty five is a triathlon at 2.30 is the running race and at 3 o'clock is a swim race and etc etc but I seem to recall you know to move from Sydney to Melbourne to wherever and they do one they do this sort of format but they only do one day whereas this is three days back to back oh, wow. so you're going to be destroyed on day oh, three man. Well, what about the fact for injury well, that's what I put down here I put injury oh, I, I should have read it I think that's a real concern so I think Cool racing, but I don't know if well, it's, it's just the running, isn't it? The smartest thing for the athletes to be racing that hard because you're going two like basically you, day one you're doing three blocks of two k's max, mm. you know, and each lap you're getting more fatigue. Day two you're doing what two six k two, so then and then again you're doing yeah, so it it is a level of kind of max effort, isn't it? Yeah, so that's a can. A bit of a concern in terms of the longevity of the athletes and how they can handle it. In terms of the prize money, um, I think they're all on contracts, but there is good prize money as well. It's a hundred thousand for first. It's Australian dollars. Fifty for second. Twenty-five thousand for third. Ten for fourth, and it goes down to two and a half thousand for tenth. So, whilst there's twenty-five guys racing, they're not all getting a paycheck. But as far as 
it appears they're all getting you know going to get a retainer. So it's I'm kind of curious how the retainers work as well. Is it based on your importance? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so it'd be yeah. interesting to see who got what. Yeah. So, so apparently, you'll be doing all right at that one. Um, anything else? Yeah, no, I think I'm intrigued to see where it goes. They've only announced one race, uh, and they say it's going to be a series. There's no women's series. A few people, you know, a bit upset about that. A bit upset about that. But look, they're just trying to get it off the ground, and if it's successful, I'm sure that will that will come. Um, yeah, I'm just. You've got. I think that one of these uh, to be successful, they need a partnership with ITU. Yeah, if it's going to be a like if it's going to be the odd one-off event like this, fine. But if it's actually going to be a proper series. I don't think it can work in terms of the, the, the Northern Hemisphere season as well as ITU. The athletes, whilst this is good money, they're always going to be tied back to their national federations and getting to the Olympics, and they have to do ITU races to get to the Olympics. And we've seen ITU do what Ironman has done in the past and try to crush competition, if if that's the case. So I remember back, uh, it was pre, pre-Olympics pre Day, there was the International Grand Prix circuit, and it was similar formats to this, and it was a world tour, and athletes went and did that. Some of them got banned from racing ITU. Oh, really? Uh, and, and ITU really wow. tried to, to, to crush it. Was uh, it pretty kind of frowned upon? People kind of mad at ITU? Yeah, yeah. But they've got a... Yeah, I, I see both sides of the story. I think things have moved on. ITU's moved on as well. And I think for this to be the next big thing, there's got to be a space in the tr- in the wind in the the training no, the, the racing season for this to happen. It's almost like the cricket. We were, you know, if the, the yeah, Indian cricket league exactly. now. You know, like for those who don't know much about cricket, you, cricket is traditionally very much played as an international sport. But in the last period of time, this big money in India has come along. They have these little kind of twenty twenty series, which are literally six weeks long. But players make a lot of money. You know, mm. big money. Um, and so, you know, New Zealand cricket team, they've got to let their players go make this money over here, even though it might not be conducive to our season as a whole. You know, how can you frown upon that? Um, just broadcasting, was there any PR about that? Uh, there was, again, it was a couple of weeks ago, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be live on the internet. It's going to be live TV uh, yeah, in, in Australia, Australia, and I'm pretty sure... You'll be able to watch it live? Live, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, I'm really looking forward to it. Now, imagine night time. Would it be night time? Uh, it's in Australia, so it'll be afternoon for... for well, do you think in the Friday night, you'd probably try to do a night time mm. one, and then maybe Saturday, Sunday might be different. Mm. Yeah, wow, this this... Like, this is the kind of thing you go, oh, yeah, I want to watch this. Mm. You know what I mean? Whereas, you know, you'll ride into your ITU and you'll watch all the local ITU well, races. I, I don't. Oh, really? You know, I mean, I, if, if I didn't have kids and I had loads of time on my hands and stuff, I'd love to be sitting down on a Saturday afternoon watching sport, and I would. But uh, I prefer to watch a 30 minutes highlight package. Yeah. Um, and that's a problem. Mm. It's a mm. big problem. Mm. Whereas this... It's interesting all day, isn't it? Mm. So, you know, f- nice time frames, interesting racing, you know, it may not be so dominated. You go make a coffee, you, m- you might miss the key yeah, part of the totally, race. Yeah, totally, yeah. What a, what a great analogy, mate. <laughs> Tell you, don't make the coffee. Okay, we've got some other news. I am in New Zealand has announced a pretty strong field, but you're disappointed, John. I am. It's, I'm, I'm excited about the field. It's, it's great. Really I'm, strong. I'm, I'm get the release. Who's in it? Uh, we'll talk about it next week because um, we'll do an Ironman New Zealand build okay. up next week but yeah, you know, Marino's racing Cam's racing Terenzo's racing um, there's a bunch of other guys fascinated good, by Marino good guys you know, it's certainly not going to be the Cameron Brown show well, it may well end up being the Cameron Brown show but uh, he's going to have a lot of people well you've got Marino but Marino's interesting because has he lost his edge now that he hasn't tried to hit Kona anymore mm-hmm. then you've got Terenzo who made a big step forward last late last year mm-hmm. Cam rock star legend mm. but age so with the girls side of things the field's even stronger but quite a few of the girls did race well a couple of the girls raced in uh in Wanaka at the weekend so that may have taken a little bit of an edge off them but yeah I'm really excited about that 
And I don't know if it's coincidence or not, but it seems every, t- every the last few years, I mean, New Zealand do come out. Whenever a challenge announced something, they'll come out straight away with something to try to sort of get one up on them. I was like, oh, come on, you guys are best. I mean, New Zealand will be strong, stronger if challenge is strong as well. Not maybe not every single year, but we need a, a a good strong season here to keep people in the sport for a long time. And I think we need the challenge season. We need these independent race races for our sport to stay strong. So I just think, I don't know. Maybe they don't intentionally do it, but it seems like they do. But you can look at the other side and say the competition. Yeah. You know, you're meant to kill your competition. Yeah, but you've got to look long-term and think we need a vibrant sport long-term. John, we just want to make profit. We don't care about the long-term of the sport. True. <laughs> okay, uh, so what's happening with the 100 Ironman in 100 days? So, yeah, the Iron Century, 100 Ironman, 100 days. Uh, you heard the interview a while ago with Debbie Hazeldean and John Pretty ambitious. Hurtler. Very ambitious. Debbie is currently just finished day 24 yesterday. So I haven't been following it super closely, but she's uh, she's got 24 down, 76 to go. Uh, but unfortunately, John Mergler, he was out after, I think it was number 10 or 11. So was, it injury, was, injury. Like, yeah, was it injury? Yeah, look, I mean, that dude, from, from all accounts, from people that I've spoken to, is as hard as nails and there's no mentally he would have got he would have got through this but sometimes you cannot get through an injury bugger you'd be gutted wouldn't you yeah so i think he's back he's back on the horse now and uh back into it but um so he's still doing falls again when we were on february 18th john was now on the run for his 12th fifth consecutive with thunderstorms on their way again. So I know he did have um, some time off to try to get the injury sorted, but it looks like he's back on it, which is okay. great. But we'll we'll try to get a better update on that in the next couple of weeks. I've still got quite a long way to go, so uh, we will keep keep you guys updated. Okay, uh, John's sponsor. Athlinks.com. Oh, tell me about it, Jombo. There's some new things going to be happening with Athlinks. They recently did uh, launch some live results and photos plus registration when they were doing the Miami Marathon and the Spartan SoCal, about 30,000 athletes in total. Holy crap. Well, those Spartan, those, but this, and them tough mudders and stuff, they're big yeah. races, man. And, and the interesting all... thing I'm finding is they do seem to have a bit of longevity. Mm-hmm. Like things like the Color Run, mm-hmm. very fatty. Mm-hmm. You've done it once, you've done it. but And I thought the Tough Mudders and that might be something just kind of comes and goes, but it's been mm-hmm. five, six years now, and they seem to be kind of holding their own. So, mm-hmm. um, And the people who are on that, they get live updates via their Athlinks profile along with the results. We'll have a lot more of that in the next couple of weeks to report. The other thing I want you guys to get onto is um, anybody that's going to wrote, get on athlinks.com and uh, put it into your calendar and lay some smackdown talk on uh, on Athlinks as to what sort of time you're going to do. Because when I go in there at the moment, there is... Uh, uh, myself, I would love to break three hours to the run, but on the new run course, that might be tough. I've got my uh, goal time down there. Oh, you're going sub nine, are you? <laughs> and then uh, the 8.58.02. Why the 0.2? I don't know where I came up with that. Why 0.2? That's what I want to know. Yeah. I did that a while ago, so I'm not quite sure how I came up with that. Then Andrew if you Ward. Can, if, you can sp- if you can hit that on the dot, I'm giving you $300. Right. If, on the dot. If I'm coming If in. you hit that on the dot, I'm giving you $300. Right. Why 300? I don't know, because I don't want to give you a 1,000. <laughs> <laughs> but I want it to be a good incentive. 100 is not enough. So three, I'll, I'll give you $300 if you finish the race on 8.58.02. You may see me standing on the red carpet <laughs> one metre away from the line. And uh, if anybody tries to do the Alistair Brown... Okay, but what, what, you if you come line. in at... Let's say you're going to do like an 8.50, you wouldn't wait for eight minutes, no, would you? I wouldn't. No, no. no. If, you, if you're around 50 seconds, you might. Mm. 
Yeah. Just to see the pain on your face of handing over 300 bucks. I'll just, I'll just wipe this from the show. Yeah. Andrew Ward, uh, only my second Ironman and a gap of nearly 10 years, but with a 32-week training plan started on 28th of November 2016, I want to finish my finish time to have a 10 at the start of it. So guys, this is one of the things you can do on Athlinks is you can go in there, put your events into your calendar and that way you also know that that event is going to be loaded up onto Athlinks. Um, so when it comes to getting the uh, results up there, it'll be a lot quicker. So go on there, lay a bit of Smackdown talk. If you're doing Challenge Road, go and find it on there and do it with, with all your other races. You guys in the Northern Hemisphere, you've got plenty of time on your hands. It's winter. Uh, get ready to get your, your summer races up there and uh, have something to give you a bit of motivation so check it out athlinks.com i got to say Andrew Ward what an interesting experience to have 10 years between your Ironman mm. you know and maybe I don't know if they stayed in the sport but it'd be really fascinating you know for me to maybe aim to do an Ironman next year you know because it's really been 10 years nearly since mm-hmm. I've done an Ironman and my life's so different now to aim to do it it would be a completely different experience, wouldn't it? Andrew's 51. He's from Goring by the Sea in GBR. So maybe maybe kids. What a great know. name, Goring by the Sea. Yeah. <laughs> so check it out, athlinks.com. So make, make sure you go, if you go to Rote, check it out, put it on there. Okay, this week's discussion. So this week's discussion was sent through by Paul Dennett. And he's just saying he wants to know what you use for inspiration in the last five minutes of hell on a turbo session or in any session you're doing. It can be music. It can be a film, it can be a YouTube clip. He sent through a, a Rocky clip. Mm, nice. John, what's uh, Jeff Fedgefar, um, just a visual of racing down the finishing chute with John Newsom right behind me, never given. Who was the guy that we raced in Auckland for? I bet you and him had a bit of a, you beat him in New Zealand, he beat you in Paulo Auckland. Paulo Doherty. And then he beat him in Hawaii, didn't he? According to Athlinks, I have one race against him and have a 100% win record against him so far. Against? Oh, who's this? Against me. No, who's, who, who's, who's beaten you? Jeff Fedgefar. Oh, good old Jeff Fedgefar. He's a legend. Uh, you don't have one because I accidentally deleted the page. Carl Trout picking some someone on Zwift and chasing them down. Then, then, uh, and then get the next one. Just like the last five minutes of every race I've ever finished in Bevan, I'm not a hooker. Explained that you maybe you are. Andy, I'm gonna say it's Blasquez, maybe. Honestly, I think about the folk I admire most in the sport. Maybe it's a guy like Mecca or a girl like Mel Holschild, um, who repeatedly show a willingness to suffer through the toughest of times, or maybe a training buddy who just keeps me honest. I think to myself, he wouldn't slow down, she wouldn't give up, go go, give it everything to the last second. Music though, it's gotta be punk rock like Lagwagon, face to face, rise against. I saw Rising Hands in concert and they were gold. The guy, he was like an aerobics instructor. He kept doing these jumping flips, hmm. jumping kind of kicks. It was amazing. Um, so, yeah, he loves that. Daniel Clark says uh, he's got a clip on here on our Facebook page, a cycling video of Fabian Cancellara, the riding, the music, the announcing. Uh, it all hits the spot for me to push through the next, uh, to, to the end. And it's about a five-minute clip. Uh, Tony West, good old Jenna. Paradise City, when it gets to the last minute, take me home, and then drops into the hard-paced guitar for the last two minutes. Oh, I'm getting, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. Really sets the mind to do this mode, my favourite RPM track. Oh, yeah, we use it for RPM. One. It says, uh, Mr. Brownstone, uh, Guns N' Roses song about heroin abuse. Uh, Glenn Newbold, I've placed my dream bike split on the wall in front of my bike set up. Under it, I simply have earn it. Nice. Nice. Good old Tim Carpenter's got, when the beat fully kicks in, the pain just melts away and it's Snow Patrol, open your eyes. Mm. Uh, just having a look through here. Mark Funkster Brooks, he's got uh, the Foo Fighters, All My Life. 
good old Rob Lyons listens to podcasts. Okay. <laughs> listens to us, Legends, Oxygenetic, Cycle Trials, Swift Fastcast. Now it's Stalker's Arnie Morrison, Black Betty, Ram Jam, Black Betty. Oh, that's a great song. <laughs> well, do you know it's a song that's 100 years old? Really? Yeah, it's, a, yeah, it's, a, it's an old blues song. Snow oh, Black Betty, Bam Bam, oh, Black Betty. That's what the original one Carpenter, like. bit of Snow Patrol, Open Your Eyes. I already did that one. Did you do that one? Oh, no, maybe I didn't. Snow Patrol's come up twice. Have you done Kevin Birch? No, Simon Early, all the music all the way, uh, music all the way, and every time, do not know how you can watch TV and bike. Oh, on a, on a wind trainer? Yeah. I can't watch TV programs no, or movie or anything, but I certainly watched. I tried to get because back in the day wind trainers were pretty painful mm. and I once tried to watch a movie for a three hour session mm. that was a waste of three hours <laughs> the quality Bel- was poor Belfong I, I kind of agree with this this is one of the greatest finishes you're ever going to see there's been some great sprint finishes but this I reckon is almost the best is it Bevan's uh, one? it's the Gemmel Doherty Showdown yeah. it's just under two minutes but it's such a good tune um, It's uh, it's got uh, Eminem uh, oh yeah because awesome. um, Dockett no um, Gemmel goes for broke he went a bit too early didn't yeah. he and then, but the, it just looks really impressive because he went early and he's, he's actually fading a lot. Mm. And then Bevan puts the afterburners on and, it's and it just smokes him, doesn't he? And it's that music. It's Eminem boom, and boom, plus Barry boom, Shepley boom. doing some awesome commentary. Boom, 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 boom. Barry Shepley. Yeah. I don't know Barry Shepley. It's good. Well, we've, done, he's, we've done Legends of Interview, Legends of Triathlon podcast with him. So oh, have we? Maybe you should know. <laughs> oh, is it the guy from the UK we interviewed? No, no, he's a Canadian. He's the ITU commentator. Go back and have a listen. Legends is that the one, is that the one who said, I'm, I'm, I'm in Canada? No, that was... Um, <laughs> Come on, I saw him the other day. Uh, we're doing some footage. Uh, Come on, John, you should listen to Legends of Triathlon. <laughs> Just turn it around on you. Uh, John, what, what for you? I'm going to pull up my song. Um, John's pulling well, up a song. I'm, I'm, I'm very focused. I'm, I'm not. For, I'm very process driven. So um, I'm usually just trying to break it down. If it was the last five minutes, I'm just doing basically five one minute intervals. That's all I'm focusing on is just thinking get to the next one minute and focusing on sort of form technique and, and obviously pushing to the limit as well as looking at the numbers and sort of setting myself some little number targets but if, if I was going to have uh, one song that I quite like at the moment would be Freaks by Savage um, when the bass kicks in and the freakers go to war oh the mighty trumpets beat the freaks up to the floor this is a good song it's going to kick in team it's going to kick in we, we, how much can I play? Well, seconds? as long as we talk over it. Okay. When the bass kicks in. Ah, oh, this is a good yeah. song. Ah, oh, the mighty trumpets bring the freaks up to the floor. There we go. It's a New Zealand guy. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, and but it was like number one in Australia and it made in America. Mm. Savage. Yeah. He also said, stop, drop and roll. <laughs> Early in the morning. <laughs> right, Bevan, what about you? Okay, here's my one. I am love the Hamilton. Hamilton. Um, Ma, shut. I am not throwing away my shot Cause I'm just like my country I'm young, scrappy and hungry Okay, so this is from Hamilton Yeah, you talk about Hamilton Oh team, it's amazing Listen to the Hamilton soundtrack That song, and there's another one Which I can't remember what it's called A right hand man This Picks up Oh, guys, I'm getting excited as we're doing. John checks bloody thing on me again. <laughs> he makes me stress every show. I'm thinking we've been going for a while. I'm going to check. Oh, you make me stress. He looks at the device. Um, seriously, if you haven't listened to the Hamilton soundtrack, 
listen to it a couple of times because my shot, right hand man, and there's a couple of other songs in there which just fire you. Should discuss Hamilton with Belinda when you're on the bus to. Oh, I should have actually. Queenstown. We had a good discussion. Mm. Know, all your That's secrets now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, I didn't know about all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> right, guys, we've got some interviews coming up from. Challenge Wanaka. We're going to go woman first, are we? Ladies first. Okay. Now, one thing that I will say, I got an email through last night from Laura Siddle. Um, I did an interview with her, and I, th- I think I asked her about it because she set a new course record on the bike. Sort of asked her about her numbers, or she mentioned her numbers, and she thought, she said at the time, she thought she said that they weren't as good as last year, um, but she has. Look, had, had, had a bit of a brain fuzzle. My watts were actually higher than last year. The lower heart rate. Oh, nice. My confusion was the rough and con- rough number of watts we were using as a guide. Was what I thought I'd ridden last year, but turns out it wasn't. So whilst my watts weren't where they could have hit and expected given training, etc., they were in fact still better than last year. So she is fitter. Mm-hmm. Mm, nice work, Laura. Okay, we're going to we're going to go first, second, third. So we go Van Vlerk and Laura, and then but always. Okay, we're done with the, the top three boys. We've managed to catch all of them, so now I'm going to try to work through the girls. And we had a very close race uh, in the girls' race. Uh, our, our winner apparently did, wasn't quite sure how close it was. Uh, Yvonne Van Verken took out the race, so you're looking uh, like it was an honest effort out there. Um, yeah, it was a very hard day. I had to really fight very hard for this win. and. Lara just made it so hard, she's just getting better and better and well that's what you get, the, the new shift is coming and well with a lot of experience you can still win a race even when you're maybe not the better athlete <laughs> and you didn't have the better preparation but it was very tight, yeah I was actually uh, kilometer 36, uh, I was um, thinking that I had like a pretty solid lead so I had already uh, like settled into like a nice cruisy pace as uh, my partner, Per Bittner, uh, had a great idea to do Ironman Taupo in two weeks when we go all the way to New Zealand. So I thought to like, <laughs> t- I thought to kind of like cruise home and then suddenly at the turnaround, I just see her straight behind me and yeah, I just uh, ran like so scared for the last 5k and it's just so hard to do like a long distance race and then when you've settled down in like a 430 or I don't know 440 maybe like and enjoying and happy and then to gear up again and really push it to like I don't know I think 410 or something oh my gosh it really hurt it a lot so because there's a tiny little out and back you do on the run which is maybe two or three hundred meters and you turn around so you know if you see someone at that point they're pretty close (laughs) it's not good (laughs) hey maybe contrast this year to last year you know this year it was uh, a bit bit warmer uh, quite quite warm for you guys last year was really windy so I'm picking last year was maybe more survival in the wind this year was racing and uh, yeah maybe tell us the difference between this year and last year Um, well I um the, the lake, as everybody knows here in Wanaka, is just beautiful, so it's such an amazing swim course, but um, the water was actually colder than last year, and um, I always get problems swimming in such a cold water because I have very bad asthma, mm. so I had a, a rough time with breathing, so it wasn't my best swim, definitely. Um, so, yeah, we were already all together, so I came out of the water together with Laura, and then uh, the first 100k, Laura and I worked together very well, and uh, really, yeah, 
uh, made a good gap to the other girls and I think we did an amazing effort and I felt really good and very strong and doing a lot of work in the front but the second loop like I, I was just talking about the race with my boyfriend and um, I always had that magical he, he calls it the, the magical Vanzi hour that's like in my long rides after five hours, the five to six hours is my best hour. And I always had that in my races as well. Like I remember the races in Hawaii where I would just like gain so much time on all the girls in the last part. And it's, I don't, I don't know where it is. <laughs> I'm searching for it. So I'm just suffering in the last hour. And oh, I, fell, I fell off uh, Lara like 20 times. And every single time I just had my head down and I fought myself back again and oh, she made me suffer <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah and so I didn't see you guys coming off the bike was she in front or were you together uh, she was uh, actually I had a huge gap uh, behind I was uh, very far behind her because we had a no pass zone and I had two mm. slower people that just mm. went in front so I couldn't even see her anymore so I put my head down again and I oh. Well, we came off the bike together. She was maybe like 10 seconds ahead of me. So, um, yeah, still together, whole day together. And then on the run, um, I know she has improved the run. She's been working very hard and you can also see it uh, body-wise. Mm. So actually when I caught up with her, I ran beside her and told her that she really looks like a runner now and that she's run, running really, really well. Maybe well, that's, that's not good that's to very nice talking. of you in a race. I had a guy that I coached, that, uh, that was that, that he finished first and I was third, and when I ran past him, I thought, I'm not going to give him too much advice here. Oh, <laughs> uh, well... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's Very good sportsmanship. It's just how I am, and it's just the truth. She has improved the run a lot, and yeah, I'm just very consistent. I think I'm one of the most consistent athletes in the sport, yeah. and I just always swim kind of that, and I improve. I'm still improving, so yeah. my swim is actually better than it's ever been, but I couldn't show it today yeah. because uh, I had just so much problems with my breathing. Yeah. Um, so, um, but next time you will see, I really improved. And um, yeah, the bike is always this, the same. When you look at all my Ironman races, when you see my bike times, it's always in the same yeah. range. When I have a great days, maybe five minutes faster. And well, it's just always the same. And the run as well, I'm somewhere between like, my fastest time is 2.54 and uh, normally I'm like between and that, there. And that was in Rote in uh, yes. 2007 because I came off the bike with you that year, you probably don't know that, and I thought oh, I'll run away from these girls and you drilled me on the run. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'll accept that apology. <laughs> you did. A, you had a great race with uh, Erica Chomor that year. Yes. Was it two, I think it was 2008, no? Uh, seven or eight. Oh, seven, I'm, I'm, I'm getting old now, I'm losing I'm my mind. I'm a 258 and a 254, I don't yeah. know which year. doesn't matter. But I'm always between that range and like between 310. So, nothing new. <laughs> so what's, how, how many Ironmans are you doing a year? Or Iron distance races um, are you doing a year? Oh, it has been more and more. Like, I was talking to Emma Bilham, the girl that got third. Because the top three actually is all scheduled to do Ironman Taupo mm -hmm. in two weeks and I was just chatting to Emma because I feel kind of like it sounds stupid I feel kind of like a little bit like a mom mm -hmm. or I would like to advise her because she's an amazing athlete and she has so much talent and but she's sturdy and she did four long distance races and I don't understand why she's doing something like that like 
girls like her and like Lara, they have so much talent. And I don't think you should do things like that at the beginning of your career. When it's at the end of your career and you've done so much long distance races, your body just reacts different and you recover better from it. And your body just knows how to handle this stuff. So for me doing this crazy thing, and also for my boyfriend, he he's still young because Spare is 31, but he has done like 10 long distance races around somewhere maybe 12 so it's different you know and I, I just think it's a shame I don't think um, they should do that but you know what I would be very interested to hear your opinion I'll, I'll go and uh, I'll go and tell her what I think when I go and interview her because do you know how good Emma Bilham is on the on the half distance she's yeah, yeah, I've seen really good world, yeah. yeah she's very very good and she has so much time and of course, there's something to say about that she has to learn and that's why you have to do long distance races, but not particularly like two weeks apart. I would have never done that. Like in the beginning of my career, I did two or three max. I think most years I did three and there were always like a period of two months apart at least. And it has become more over the years, definitely. So we're 2017 now in the last three four years i've been racing four or five and this year i will do six but yeah you know it's different for me and how big is kona going to be for, for you from now on is, is kind of still a priority no i i think i deserved um i deserve to just do races that i want to do and that make me happy and that i like can motivate myself and that I really enjoy every single minute of course like today I hurt it myself really bad or Laura hurt at me <laughs> so I wasn't really enjoying but I can't really enjoy Kona anymore I'm very sad kind of to say it but yeah. I just don't want to race there anymore and to be honest what am I going am I going to do better there than my second place in 2008 no mm. no and that's already wrong in my head right so i can't go to kona with a with an attitude like that that's wrong so then i don't deserve to be there yeah, yeah. Ah. so you're gonna do ironman new zealand uh what else have you got on the radar for this year oh i got a lot of races all my <laughs> favorite races are on there so a lot of challenge races actually so after ironman taupo we will go home to europe and have a little break because Cyril Lindley, my coach i um had to promise her to take a two-week break after this crazy idea of doing these two long-distance races. So she agreed and said, okay, Yvonne, you can do that, but I'm going to put you on a two weeks off, and I never get that. So that's like a punishment for me <laughs> wanting to do that. So, But it's good because we're going to move, so I will be busy anyway. <clears throat> and after that, I will have a new kind of like build-up for the European season. And I will do a lot of races. So, for example, Challenge Rimini in Italy, nice. the race that I won last year. So I always try to go back to a race where I won the, the year before. Um, after that uh, will be Ironman 70.3 St. Pult in Austria. Mm -hmm. That's a race that I do every single year because I live in Austria and all my spon a lot of sponsors are Austrian or German. So for them, that's very good. And it's just a beautiful course as well. I really like it. And um, <clears throat> then I will do... 
Challenge Heilbronn, really big half distance race in Germany. Um, Ironman 70.3 Krijfkaal. Um, tried to defend my title at Challenge Torku in Finland. Um, the European Championships long distance, Challenge Almere in my home country in the Netherlands. So I'm very much looking forward to that. It's a very fast course when the wind is correct. So um, that will be in the beginning of September, so that will be fun. And what am I doing? There's just too much. You you're, do, you're doing right? Thinking about it. <laughs> well, my whole schedule is planned, but I'm not really allowed to. <laughs> She's. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, but I'm looking forward to go to challenge Aruba and defend both our titles because yeah. my boyfriend pair, he won challenge Aruba in the men's yeah. pro men. And I won the girls, so that was our first nice. big couple victory. Nice and one. And we're very much looking forward to go back there and try to do that again. You've got a busy year. Um, what do you guys do when you're down here in Wanaka? You know, I mean, obviously you do the race. Uh, you got any favourite things you like to go out and do, other than ride your bike and swim in the lake and run on the trails? Um, to be very honest, we arrived pretty early this time, so we were here on Sunday, and we haven't done anything. Yeah, so we really prepared and relaxed and did some training and didn't do a lot at all. Chatted a lot with my homestay, uh, Sue and Dennis, a lovely couple and um, they're both retired and they're really sweet and they just spoiled us to death with good food and everything and we really enjoyed staying with them again this year and just had some good time with them. They're like my... Well, for surrogate parents. Yeah, there are New Zealand parents. <laughs> New Zealand parents, yeah. Oh, we love hearing from you. You've got such a good attitude, and I know you're feeling really tired, so thank you for your time, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you at all these races around the world. And probably I see you in Taupo, no? No, no, but you may see me somewhere in uh, Europe at some race that we can't talk about. Ah, <laughs> okay. <laughs> awesome, well done on your race today and defending the title and uh, putting on a fantastic show. Thank you very much. Right, so as you guys heard from Yvonne, it was a bloody close finish uh, in the girls' race, and uh, it was a close race all day, and we kind of predicted that when we did the... the um, we talked about the race last week. We thought it was going to be a two-horse race, and it turned out that way, and unfortunately, Laura Siddell ended up in second place for... We've just been had her lead cyclist here, who's been with her the last couple of years, and he says, next year we've got it. So um, how are you feeling right now after second place? Are you happy with your performance? Uh, how are you feeling about it? Um, yeah, you know, pretty happy. Like, it was, uh, you know, Yvonne's a class act, and um, she's so experienced and so strong, stubborn, resilient, and all the rest of it. You know, she put up a good race. She, she was cycling really well on the first lap and sort of couldn't really find my bike legs. Um, came a bit better on the second lap and then sort of had a bit of a goal to chase for the bike course record because I knew the conditions were good um, and started you know we started to run a lot closer than last year I think we we're about 30 seconds apart um, and I held her off for longer which was good and I, I felt pretty good over the first most of the first lap of the run um, I think she caught and the, the time split was about staying the same around that 30 30 seconds and then suddenly about 16 17 k it was sort of 30 seconds to five seconds and i was like where the hell did she come from um and then starting the second lap oh i went through one of those horrific horrible patches uh, where you think the whole world's gonna end and you question why you do this sport and all that sort of thing but um i knew i just had to like keep putting one foot in front of the other and 
you know, just keep trying to run well, I guess, over the outlet track and, you know, fully expected to get to the end of the outlet track and hear a split of about five minutes to Yvonne and suddenly it was only sort of one forty-five, two minutes and going up Gun Road, I felt pretty average at the bottom as you do on that second lap, but, you know, just thought about form and techniques and stuff we've been practicing for hill running and suddenly sort of felt myself coming good as I sort of came to the top of Gun Road and suddenly as you got over the top I could see the lead biker and there was Yvonne again and I was like oh she's there she's there so I knew I just had to try and dig for whatever was left at the end and just ran out of road again but you know someone said you know you could have done with an extra kilometer um I was quite happy it was over but um I think you know Yvonne the the athlete that she is she'd have probably dug pretty deep and yeah. held me off regardless of how long was there but I'd give it I gave it a good try maybe that little out and back she didn't know you were coming and that little out and back I think she said she saw you and she was oh shit <laughs> I know on um was it on Beacons Point Road yeah, yeah it was a, I was trying to be that stealth mode of just slowly trying to approach like creep up on her but I knew that section she would gonna she was gonna see me and it might have been better maybe to hold off until she'd sort of gone down the corner on Weimarna Place and then try and put in a spurt. But, you know, that's the way it is. So, um, you know, absolute legend. Like, you know, not many other athletes in the world have her CV. So, yeah, she's one of the greatest. I was thinking about that road because I, I was out there doing the half and I was thinking if there's someone coming the other way or in front of me, do I want to look like I'm on fire and feel really good or do I, so they're going, and then they'll speed up and go, shit, he's looking good, or you want to look like rubbish and then they'll go, ah, that, that guy's got no chance. What, what what strategy were you using or did you just carry on? Um, to be honest, I just carried on. It was kind of, I was sort of poker face and looking forward. I didn't look across at her when we passed. It was more just trying to keep myself together, I think. Um, I mean, I knew I was kind of probably running a bit quicker than her at that time and closing the seconds down. So I guess at that point I wanted to look pretty strong and, and um, I, I, I didn't go out to scare her so much as to say I'm coming and that sort of thing. It was more just trying to keep my own form and keep it together and see how much I could try and claw back and, hope, you know, try and get get in front of her at the finish, but just a bit, bit too short at the end. Um. How, how does this, your performance today, obviously times are quicker this year, how does your performance today compared to last year and maybe some of your other iron distance races? Yeah, you know, the conditions were great today for the race, so um, I think I got the bike course record. Oh, nice. Um, so, you know, pretty happy with that, and I think both Yvonne and I got the, we both broke the course record, I think, oh, by about 10 minutes or so. So, you know, oh. conditions put it, you know, the lake was flat, there was very little wind for Wanaka, so... Mm. You know, it was pretty special conditions out there, which made for made for the fast times. Um, I mean, I'll have to look back at. I, I know my bike wasn't again my my, my best. Um, my watts were kind of down from where they were last year. Um, I sort of struggled a little bit to find rhythm and find the bike legs on the first lap. I sort of found a bit of form and found a bit of pace on the second lap, um, but you sort of catching up what's or chasing what's at that point so um yeah i'll have to sort of compare i think you know probably my bike performance last year in the conditions was probably better um uh, the run again it's kind of done a lot of work on the run but i know there's still a lot of work to do especially sort of running strongly off the back of the bike um middle sections of the run still we seem to go in those deep dark places so um just need to keep working on that and keep working on the strategies and, and the resilience to, to get that better um, 
I'm not sure time-wise. I think potentially ran similar time to last year. I'm not sure. I have no idea what we did in the swim. Um, swim felt a bit slow. I mean, it was obviously longer as well than last year because it was a little bit short last year, um, the swim course, because of the conditions. Um, it felt a bit slow today. Um, not that I could have gone any faster, though. Like I say, I say it felt slow. I mean, it wasn't that I was then taking the lead to go and push the pace. I just found a rhythm, but it just sort of felt that, you you know, you got, you got in that rhythm and, and sort of there were three of us swimming together. So... Um, you know, yeah, so, sorry, rambling on. I think bike performance was probably better last year, but, you know, get a bike course record this year and overall a lot faster this year, so can't really complain. You would have bloody been used to the wind. Uh, you were probably thinking, oh, windy day would be nice after riding in Christchurch the last few months. I was praying for a bit more <laughs> wind all week. I, all week I was like, oh, it's New Zealand. The weather can change. It can yeah. change. The, the forecast will change in like in half an hour. Or Don't don't worry. It'll, it might say it's all nice and no wind, but it can it can change by then. So, yeah, I was I was hoping for a bit more wind. It probably plays a bit more to my strengths, but... There we go. So you've spent, you've spent uh, well, your second summer now in Christchurch. Uh, what's all that about? You know, why, why are you in Christchurch? And how do you find Christchurch? Yeah, um, so my coach, Mac Dixon from Purple Patch, he's based in San Francisco, but um, Paul Buick, who's basically his right-hand man or second-in-command or whatever you want to call it, or basically our bike coach, he lives in Christchurch. So I last year I came down to Christchurch um, to work, spend a few months and work with Paul there and just absolutely loved it, loved the, loved the place, loved the city, um, the riding's amazing, you know, you, it, everything's at your doorstep, you come out of your house and turn left, you're in the Port Hills, turn right and you're on the flats, running just trails for miles and miles and miles which is great you know and there's some good swim squads there so i've enjoyed i've enjoyed trying to swim trying to cling on to andrea hewitt in the pool which is i, I say i swim in the same pool as her she's in a she's she's pretty rapid at the moment so um yeah and i just love it so this year i wanted to come back and spend a bit longer sort of all through christmas um yeah it, it's just for me it's it's when I say it's easy training, it's convenient. Everything's on your doorstep. It's easy to get around. It's easy to commute. Um, it's got good coffee. It's got good people. You know, everyone's so welcoming in on you know Tuesday morning rides. Everyone just, even though you're on the TT bike, everyone's that's so brave. Yeah. I'm, I'm impressed when I saw you. That's a that's a big move. It is funny. You do get quite a few people going. You're bringing the TT bike on the hills, and I'm like, it's the only bike I've got. So yes. <laughs> Um, now you nutbars are going off to do Taupo. Um, what else is on your, your radar for this year? Yeah, we'll see about Taupo. <laughs> there was, was part way through that run that I was like, what the F am I doing? I'm not doing Taupo. Um, well, yeah, entered into Taupo, so we'll just see how the body pulls up um, over the next few days. Doing a 100-mile ride tomorrow, or 100K ride tomorrow, if anyone wants to join me. Um, I'm also entered into South Africa which is beginning of April, so we'll probably toss up between the two, or maybe, I don't know, we'll, whether the body will hang for the, all three. Um, then, you know, the plan, I'd love to go back to Europe and do sort of the challenge series in, um, in Europe over the summer, Northern Hemisphere summer. It gives me a good chance to get home to see family as well. Um, I did challenge Roth last year, absolutely loved that race. It's such, a, such an amazing event, so I'd love to go back and do that race as well. Um, you know, along with that, you know, I do want to race Kona. Um, that kind of was one of the early goals for the year. Um, and so I will be trying to get points for Kona, but I'm also probably not going to 
kill myself chasing points around the world just mm. to go and tick that box you know like I said I'd love to go and do the challenge series in in Europe and, and Roth and if that if we can combine it all together then it's going to be a pretty awesome year so three you know you got three Ironmans planned whether or not you do all yeah. three of them in, in the next uh, sort of period is that a financial decision to make sure you make some money as you just love racing or why do you do so many back-to-back um yeah, so the, I mean, the, the ta- Ironman Taupo and Ironman South Africa are potentially the Kona points decision. Um, this race, I love it. So, you know, had to battle a bit with my coach to get this race in. But, you know, also heard that it might be the last time they do the long course here for the pros. So, you know, I was hoping it might be that last chance that I get to get to win. But I might be campaigning now for Bill to hold it for another year. Yeah. Um, I just love this race, so I always wanted to do it. Um, you know, it worked, it worked pretty well last year doing the double back-to-back uh, with Taupo. No guarantee that it's going to be the same this year. Ironman New Zealand is a pretty loaded field this year. Yeah. Um, so we'll just see how the body, the body pulls up. Um, and, that, and yeah, so the, the decision between Ironman New Zealand and Ironman South Africa is based around the Kona points. Um, and just seeing, seeing what happens. But then, yeah, if that sort of works pretty well, though, either of those or both of those, then... After that, I presume it would be pretty, pretty downtime and give the body a chance to recover and then hit the hit the European series and then if I've got if I've crossed the line for Kona, we'll go and we'll go and tick that box um, and just yeah. Oh, well done on a great race today and uh, to Vaughan, Well done putting on a great show for the spectators and uh, we will have to see you in Christchurch at some stage. We will do. Let's catch up in Christchurch. Thank you. Okay, next up we've got uh, third, I think I can just see Garth Barfoot down the end there, who's being pulled out of a chair. He did a team today, 80-year-old Garth Barfoot, I think he's the patron of the race, still going, and uh, I think he did a team run, although he's got an individual, maybe he did the half. Still going strong. Um, so, okay, I've got the third place finisher in the women's race, Emma Billum, from, she's going to sound like she's British, but she's from Switzerland, uh, so welcome along to the show, Emma. I can speak with a French accent as well if uh, if you want. It's also possible. <laughs> C'est pas possible. Je comprends pas. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself because I, prior to today I, I thought you were from Great Britain. I just thought you were another one of the British um, Amada coming along and you'll be pretty strong. But I don't know too much about you. I know you've had some great 70.3 races, um, a few good sort of placings in Ironmans around the world. Tell us a bit about where you're from and, and, and your background in Detroit. Um to be honest, the only the first year I had some decent results was actually last year. Um, basically, I was a swimmer. I did a couple of years of triathlon as a junior, then I went away to study and took it up again when I was about 24, um, and went straight into half distance racing and, and got a pro license a couple of years after that. So that was kind of how it, um, how what was my triathlon story and. Um, yeah, I mean, I was all right. I was kind of average. And uh, last year, last February, I got the opportunity to um, to train with Brett Sutton's squad. Um, so I thought, well, it's now or never. I might as well give it a shot. And I um, I quit my job and 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 just went for it. And yeah, I had uh, I had a good season last year. And I mean, Brett, true to form, just uh, two months into training, said. Um, Oh, there's some race down in Nice, uh, beginning of June. Um, why don't you go try it? And it happened to be Ironman Nice. So, uh, um, yeah, that was my introduction to long-distance racing. And uh, I haven't really looked back since. So. And uh, what was uh, the reason? For, obviously, you know, this is a great race out here, but it's a long way from Europe. So what was sort of the motivation to come out here and do this event? Um, 
I'm mainly into triathlon because I just love the lifestyle and the, it gives me opportunity to travel. I'm not stuck in an office and um, I ended my season relatively early last year because um, I got quite tired and a little bit burnt out. So we pulled the plug about sort of September and I was looking for some early season races and I thought, well, where do you go in January and February when you want to race? And you come to Australia and, uh, and New Zealand. So I did 73 Dubai, um, not very well, but I did. And then I was kind of on the way to Australia. Spent um, a couple of weeks in Australia, did Hell of the West, which was an iconic uh, um, Australian triathlon. And the idea was to do um, Ironman New Zealand and before that either Geelong or um, Huskisson. And oh, to be honest, when I saw Challenge Wanaka was on kind of the same weekend, when, when you put start lists and we were also in it, I mean, I'm not one of the top athletes, so you also got to pick your races and you do, you look at start fields, you look at prize money um, and cool places to race and Wanaka sounded a little more attractive than Geelong to me. So um, I hopped on a plane a little earlier than planned and, and did Wanaka instead and uh, yeah, really, really pleased I came out. Apologies to all our Geelong listeners. <laughs> no, just kidding. I would totally agree with you. There. I haven't been there. I will reserve judgment. Sorry. <laughs> no. Um, so uh, you've done an Ombrum, um, yeah. which you guys we've talked on the show before, is a ridiculously hard course uh, with mountain climbs and uh, just crazy, crazy stuff. Great prize money. Um, how does today compare to that sort of race? You know, over there you've got two or three ginormous climbs and uh, a lot of off-road, a bit of off-road running. I haven't done the full over there, but today is just a bit relentless you know you're up and down and it's it's always on you so how does this sort of compare to say an ombrum um to be honest i am i am more of a hill climber so i struggle in the flat races i mean lauren and yvonne came past me today i didn't have a hope in hell of of sitting on their wheel there was there's no way i could even keep up with them um but a triathlon is a triathlon and, and you've got to go out there and race and it is a really tough course here i wouldn't I think it's a totally different race from Om- from Omaha. Omaha, you start in the dark, you know you're in it for the long haul. It's going to be a really, really long day. This is it's a tough it's a tough race, but and and don't make this may sound wrong, but it remains a, a, a relatively standard triathlon. You you have the challenges, you have the wind, which we didn't have today actually. Mm. Um, the roughness of the roads. Yes, there are some climbs, but um, I had 1,600 uh, vertical climb today. Um, so yes, it is relentless because it goes up and down constantly, but um, you can't really compare it to the 3,600 um, that you'll get in, in, in Ombra, but it's a totally different race, it's, mm. it's a different approach, it's a different field, you're riding a different bike. Um, yeah, it's not really comparable, is it, really? Apples and oranges. Um, and how, how was today's performance? You know, I know you got third, fantastic, but how, did you, how do you actually feel about it? Um, Oh, I'm, I'm so glad I came, mm. honestly. Um, I, I have had a bit of a tough start to the year. Um, I've been training great and then I get to the race and I don't know if I'm putting too much pressure on myself or but everything just falls apart come race day. And um, I really I really wanted to come here and just say, okay, no pressure, you're in a beautiful place. The only thing you've got to do today is go out there and enjoy yourself. And and if it's not working on the bike, which is my main issue at the moment, um, lift your head, look around you, just breathe it in and, and, and enjoy a day out on the bike. And um, I actually had a really good swim. Um, I, was, I was quite surprised and pleased with that because I'm, I'm a bit scared of open water, although I was a swimmer. 
but that lake I was going around drinking mouthfuls of it <laughs> when I was a bit thirsty it was, it was absolutely great so um, I came out of the water and I mean your confidence is up um, when you when you have a good swim you know you've had a good swim um, on the turnaround I saw Laura and, and Yvonne were, were riding together on a bike and I thought oh this this might be a bit tough to hold on and yeah it took them about 60k's to catch me and um, they just flew past so I thought alright I'm just gonna ride. I'm just gonna get my do my race and and see how it goes and, and I just had a great day out to be honest. The 180k, yeah. At the end, you got a sore backside and you just want to get off the bike, but it was it was just it was really stunning and uh, got off the bike and and my legs were actually working, which was also a nice surprise. And of course, I went off way too quick and struggled on the last 10k, but that's what the Ironman's all about, isn't it? And it's uh, no, it's great. Fantastic. What are you? What, um, are you sticking around for a few days, or are you heading heading up to Taupo? What are you doing? No, no, absolutely stick. Well, maybe not sticking around um, Wanaka, but um, my boyfriend actually flew out to meet me a week ago, and we've been doing the whole tourist camper van thing uh, for a week. So we've been in we've been in Wanaka for four days now, so just to prepare for the race. But we'll be heading off probably tomorrow night, and we've got a full week to. I'm um, I'm on the start list for Taupo, so I'm going to have two weeks of doing of, of doing not very much um, and recovering. And um, oh, when you're in a place like this, you just got to be a tourist and enjoy it. So it's part of the bonus. Fantastic. Well, we look forward to seeing some more of those results later in the season. So well done on your race today. Thank you very much. Nice talking to you. There was the one of the really cool things about the Wanaka Day was it was exciting racing. Mm. You know, often nine distance races kind of a lot of the time by the end of the bike you kind of have an idea who's going to win it mm -hmm. but you know as the commentator at the race it was just it was really cool because you just didn't know what was happening really well we knew, we knew what was happening but it just wasn't clear mm. in both races and the girls you know we it was literally we were waiting because when in Wanaka what they have is you basically come down this big street you run past all these bars and stuff which is probably about what 500 metres yeah. yeah yeah and so we were literally just waiting for the girls to come around the corner to see who was mm. going to win it you know it was that close and then Van Vlerken came in, came across the line, and normally you interview and stuff, and but literally finished cheering, and then there's Laura. It was mm. very cool. Very good. Okay, yeah. so we're going to talk about your race. Yeah, so I want to try to sort of put a little bit about what I often ask the pros, you know, what's going through your head at the different times of the race and what are you sort of focusing on? So I'm sort of going to go through saying what my objectives were, what I was focusing on, and, and whether okay. or not I managed to execute it or not. I'm going to interview you. Okay, great. Okay, John, so you, you signed up for Challenge Wanaka Half. Mm -hmm. Heading towards Challenge Road, mm -hmm. you know, you, you, how many hours a week do you train? <laughs> Ten to fifteen hours, Bevan. Oh, really? really? So, pretty at the moment, mostly around sort of thirteen to fifteen hours. So, big weeks fifteen, is it? Big weeks fifteen. That's and that's just if I do a bigger, bigger ride. Are you going to do a big block? Uh, in camp in Kona, we still have spaces. EpicCamp.com, Kona. You want to go over there and do a race? It is a cool race. When's it going to do a great? Uh, it's in late May. Nice. So, so you're going to yeah. big block then, are you? Big block. Yeah. Okay. So going into the race, you, well, let's break it down. Let's look at the swim. What was the objective for the swim, John? I don't get to race much these days, and which is a real shame. I really enjoyed being back out racing. Especially but, in that swim. Yeah, but the last few races I've done, especially I did that tiny sprint one a few weeks ago, and some of the other ones, I've kind of relied on other people a bit. And so my big objective for this race was not to rely on other people. Uh, it was to go out there and do my thing. Obviously get drafts where I can, but uh, not rely on other people. What I mean by that is sometimes I got stuck on people's feet and I'm not sort of concentrating, I'm just 
relying on them and then all of a sudden look over and see someone else has uh, taken off on the other side of the course and I kind of missed the, missed the beat there. So, so you haven't been aware as you could be. Yeah, and um, so that was my big objective going to the swim was to be, take, my, take, take my own responsibility and not rely on others and the plan was to get out pretty strong. I had no idea how strong the field was in terms of um, the swim ability so I positioned myself in the middle because I breathed to the left and this was going to this, the course here. It was, was well uh, spread out. Some yeah. swimmers added bloody 300 metres to the race. Yeah, it was a counter counterclockwise course, and I breathed to the left. So I, I sort of started in the middle, thinking if there are any good swimmers, they're going to be to my left. So I'll be able to see see them shoot across, shoot across. Fortune favours brave. Oh, John, <laughs> and you are brave. <laughs> I tell you, when I, it comes um, to brave, I think John Newsom. So I, I took off at the start, and uh, the guy who ended up leading the swim happened to be two Will, people Will to Clark? my left. Was it Will Clark who won it? I uh, don't know. The guy from the gym beat you. A guy who's one of them does RPM, really? but yeah. he did, he's not he's not of your level of standard athlete. He's off yeah. as a swim kid or something. Yeah, and he was out of the water. I was like, "Well, Clark's beating John Newsom." Yeah, yeah. So I took off, and then this, and I was swimming sort of side by side with this guy. I thought, "Well, right, eh? time to get a bit of a bit of a ride here." And I was swimming along, and he was um, he was just a little bit too fast for me. Uh, so I, I was that. working pretty hard and couldn't quite get on his feet and then kind of did and then it was sort of a one to two metre gap and I was going that's the worst isn't it got a few hundred metres and I'm going I think I'm just going a little bit too hard here Uh, I I know I knew I should be able to keep up with him if I was in good swim shape but I'm really not in very good swim shape so I thought I think I'd better let him go and just sort of settled in and then got to the first boy about 600 metres in and that's when we sort of merged a bit and there was another guy there so same thing happened with this dude sort of sitting on his feet going oh this is a little bit too hard. <laughs> where's, where's the brave bit in here? I'm not quite sure. <laughs> I was brave off the start. Line. Oh, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> and uh, I'm going, oh, I'll hang in here for a bit and get a bit of a, get a bit of a drag. But uh, then I decided, yeah, I think I better just chill out here. <laughs> so basically, you kind of keep dropping back. I do. Yep, and, very brave. Uh, and then I then I settled it, settled in, and just and got. So, a but it's solo swim, basically. Yeah, and then the final turn, another guy came round. And he had a good strong kick, and I thought I'm staying on this bad yeah. boy. <laughs> Chase the bubbles. And the good the good thing was this at this stage in the, the race you get severe sunstrike. There's no way oh, they can't avoid it. It was funny because from there was a, you, there was literally might have been in the half. There was, a, there was a line of about eight swimmers mm. who were swimming towards the shore but almost a, opposite away from the boy. And, and the, the kayak is trying to turn them, but it's mm. just because you were look, you look like the time of day, you can't see. You it, were no. looking directly at the sun, weren't you? Mm. It was hilarious. This guy, uh, was, I think, was swimming a pretty good line and so I stuck on his feet most of the way in. So that was all good. So, look, in terms of the swim, um, I swam as well as I could for where I'm at with my fitness, yep. so I was I was really pleased. I'm quite a long way off where I want to be, and uh, I think I would have been with that first guy out of the swim if I had my sort of Top shape end. that I yep. want to be in and, and say wrote. Um, but all in all, I was pretty pleased. And but, happy with how you swam the swim? Mm, yeah, you know, I put myself in the right positions. Couldn't keep up, but I put myself in the right positions and didn't do anything. I wouldn't wouldn't, wouldn't have changed anything really with the swim. Okay, I, did, so I did know when I was running across the bridge though, I heard you call out, Molina's coming out, coming out of the swim and that was, I thought, man that's only sort of 30 or 45 seconds ago. I, th- I thought I might have been a bit further in front of him but he had a good, he had a, he had a good, good, really good swim bike and runs a bit of a struggle these days but he's still very solid. So uh, yeah, I think I was fourth out of the swim. Yep, okay so John, going into the bike, what was the objective? Do you have some kind of watch you were aiming for? Funnily enough Bevan, I do. I do my research. I do my research. <laughs> so, um, um, based off the training, I figured I'd, I'd be around 260 watts. So I'd hope to be around 260 watts, but I also had heart rate as a good guide. You know, I didn't want to be exceeding 145 beats per minute on the bike, and I was hoping for sort of more low 140s. And uh, got on the bike, some some dude passed me and 
transition and blitzed the, blitzed the bike. I think Stephen Blue, I'm not sure where he's from, um, but he, he took off and thought, I don't really want to chase that down and kind of just settled in. The first 30k of this course, I, in my head, I'd really broken the course into three. So you have an out and back first 30 odd k. Rolling, kind of difficult, isn't oh it? Oh my God. Yeah. It's, and it's hard chip. Yeah, it was, uh, the chip wasn't bothering me. It was just relentless up and down. There's, and no, it, sm- there's no kind of rhythm to the riders there. No, yeah. You're just constantly changing gears. There's a few pinches that are pretty steep, but most of it's pretty manageable, but you're just constantly changing gears, big chain ring, small chain ring, and just constantly on it. But it's really enjoyable, but uh, you really got to concentrate pretty hard. Pretty beautiful around there too. Oh, it's great. Yeah. And I was, going, I was going marginally too hard, got caught maybe at about sort of 10k mark by the fellow who won um, Tyrant, and he's a good, strong rider. He came past me very Apparently he's got a great smoothly. coach. Apparently, Apparently the coach is phenomenal. If you look on stuff, as coach John Hallamans. Uh, oh, really? <laughs> Come on, stuff, you got one job. <laughs> So he came past me and uh, quite quite quickly, and uh, and he says, "Go on!" And I was, oh. I sort of went with him, and he got a bit of a gap, and he was pumping the hills, but I was holding it on the flats and getting a bit on the descents, and I kind of going, "Ah, oh, might as well stick with him because otherwise, I think it's going to be a bit of a lonely ride." I was going a little bit too hard, and then at about maybe twenty k's, I thought, oh, "I think this is just a touch too hard," and I kind of thought, "I'll just settle, settle in and do, do my thing," and, uh, and he sort of rode off and maybe got. 500 meters maybe a bit more than that i kind of see him way off in the distance so first 30ks went a little bit little bit too hard but nothing crazy quite yeah. quite variable um and so i think i was sitting yeah I don't, I, you're passing a few people then because and full, also full teams were. so i knew tyron was out there and i knew there was a fella in blue and i wasn't sure about the other the other person uh so just kind of cruising along and i was just feeling good heart rate was good power was good Everything was going nicely, nice. and so that was my first thirty k's. Second, third, come flat. through town, and then uh, was I wouldn't say it's flat. There's a there's a big climb. You go over this bridge, the uh, Albert Town Bridge, and there's two no passing zones in the race um, where you're going over bridges. And it's absolutely should be no passing, yep. especially this one. You actually have to go on the footpath on this bridge, and it's a single file. And I could see this go way off in the distance because you got it's a downhill, and you're onto the bridge, and then it's a climb on the other side. And I thought, there's no way. Part of my plan was, if there's anybody anywhere near me in front of me, I'm going to drill it to get in front of them so you don't yeah. get held up on the bridge. And I thought, there's no way I'm going to catch that guy. He was obviously a full athlete or a team. And uh, three quarters of the way across the bridge... I'm catching, I've caught him up and I'm going, go, 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 go. Were you yelling at him? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Not, I was trying not to be rude about it. I was just trying to be encouraging because I was going. <laughs> you can do it. Yeah, I was going, you know, at that stage, maybe 35K an hour across the bridge and he would have been going 20 to 25. Oh, it was, wow. you know, I was really slamming my brakes on. Oh, I can't pass him. I can't pass him. I'll get DQ'd. And you get to the end and he actually pulled off the, right to the side straight away onto the shingle, let me through. And I was like, we're still in a passing zone, a no passing zone. Oh. Oh. I ended up um, riding past him because he stopped. So yep. I could, had no choice. So if you want to DQ me for that, uh, then go ahead. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, then you have a big climb and then it's flat and we're still feeling good. Everything was going well. And it just sort of continued in that fashion all the way through. Kept my power exactly where I wanted it, um, and then ended up catching Tyron uh, maybe with about 15 k's to go, and thought, not like an, I'm going to stay anything when I go past. I sort of let my momentum carry straight past him, but he, but he jumped on me and uh, stayed on me off the but bike. But he was first off the bike, wasn't he? I was first off the bike, but he was first onto the run. Oh, that's right. What was your transition? transition? 
Uh, well, I had to take my top off. I wore a long sleeve top. Uh. Uh, and with this one, with the full, I think they have bike catches, but with the half, you just um, have to rack your bike. So I had to rack my bike, then take my top off. Plus, I was putting socks on, and he just put his shoes on, and he was off. Uh. So he maybe had 30 seconds on me um, off the bike. So really pleased with the... Um, with the bike, yeah, I thought mm-hmm. you would have been happy if you rode it. Yeah, this is a good bike. L- little bit, a little bit too much variability, a little bit ha- too hard in the fr- at the start. But it is a, it is a very hilly course. So um, yeah, overall, that was my big focus for the day. Is if I don't have a good race in rote, I've got to be able to ride well and got to be able to ride reasonably fast. If otherwise, I've got, I've got no show. You know, my swim's always going to be reasonable, and I need to pick up my run. But if I can't bike fast enough, I've got no chance. Okay, what about nutrition? Nutrition. Didn't quite get it all in, which is uh, came back to haunt me a little bit. Oh, really? So, so why, why didn't you get it in? Uh, I thought I'd I, I was taking enough in, and my stomach was just starting to get a little bit edgy. And I thought I think I've got enough in here, but I didn't quite. So I took in two two bottles of Infinite, uh, or didn't quite get through two bottles of Infinite. Uh, two gels, plenty of water. That's another story for another day. <laughs> um, but I would have had three, uh, yeah, pouring water over my head, but and then drinking a bit caffeine tablet and I tried to get through um, half a serve you can but what I didn't get in was I normally have half an M's bar and yep. uh, and I didn't quite get through all my you can and didn't quite get all my nutrition so I was probably 85-90% there and if I had been 100% um, the run might have gone a little bit better at times. Okay so here we go we're setting up so the objective for the run was to what, what kind of pace what was the focus and, and what actually happened? Four minute K's was a plan now the Wanaka course is um, undulating yeah it's flat for the first seven eight k's it is on shingle mostly but it's yeah it's you can keep your whatever pace you plan so it was on a on a normal road you should be able to keep it there then it gets a bit lumpy and, and marginally technical not <laughs> hard technical twisty but just a little bit up and down and and it will always slow your pace down a bit then you have a big climb and then it's kind of a bit rolling along residential areas along the top so got off the bike tyron probably had you know i could see him up there I don't know, maybe 30 seconds or so. Yep. And uh, so just settled in. I was banging out under four minute K, sort of 4.55. Yeah, at first he put a bit of a gap on you, didn't he? Uh, and then you caught him up. Oh, no, that gap was all transition. I was I was catching him, oh, okay. like, catching him straight okay. away. And I could see I was b- pulling it in. And I knew that his plan was to be running 4.15s. Um, and my uh, old inside knowledge, eh? Uh, old coach inside knowledge. And I was thinking, oh, I think he might be running a little bit quicker than that because it did take me a good 3K or so to catch him. You should have gone to him, look. I've got a plan. Stick to it. Well, as you will have heard in the girls' interviews, um, Yvonne Van Vlerken was very nice to Laura Siddle when she came up to Laura Siddle and said, oh, you're looking really good with your running. And I was like, geez, that's generous. Yeah, but Yvonne's a pretty lovely person. She is. Yeah. And I was coming up to Tyron thinking, hmm, what am I going to say here? <laughs> and so I said, did you go, in your face? Yeah, I said, uh, nice transition. <laughs> and so he said, nice ride. <laughs> and then we carried on. And he, I think he tried to stay with me for a bit, but I was uh, on, a, on a reasonably good pace. And uh, so I sort of took off and I'm just banging out these sub fours thinking. So I'm thinking you got it. When, we, when we're getting the splits, I'm thinking, unless something goes wrong, he's got it. Yeah. And I'm thinking that too. I'm thinking, I'm not going too hard here. Uh, you know, back in, when I did Auckland 70.3, I was targeting 345s. Yeah. Here I was targeting fours and I was thinking, this is manageable. I'll slow down a bit in the hilly bits, but um, you know, if I can average you know, close to 405, that's about, I, I thought there's not going to be anybody running much quicker than that behind me. Uh, I didn't think. Yep. So, uh, so I was banging that out and thinking, this is good. And you get to this part where it just starts to get a bit harder and all of a sudden, why didn't I take in that extra nutrition? So I tried to do a little bit of catch up on nutrition, uh, but my legs were just starting to get pretty sore and pretty heavy. And um, really from that stage on, it was uh, it was Ironman survival time. And Tyron caught me up 
uh, on the the big climb up Gun Road. It's about a one kilometre climb, and uh, it's a good little climb too. It's oh, a tough climb. It's, it's yeah, yeah, it's solid, and. I didn't fight. I just sort of let him go. Thought I'm just going to settle and see what happens, and and uh, nothing did happen in terms of my comeback. But he was not far in front, uh, and you know, there was, if he faded, I thought there's still still a bit of a chance here. And then it was it was a, it was a grovel grovel getting home. And there was so a, what kind of pace were you sitting at now? Of between four fifteen and four thirty. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. it wasn't wasn't pretty, and yeah, just groveled to get home really, and uh, and then the, that little out and back that I was talking about earlier for Yvonne Van Lurken that was saw that when I got to that I could see there was two guys coming, and uh, I thought well I'll just have to do the best that I can, but there's not a lot of fight left in me, and Jason Lentz caught me. Where did he catch me? Maybe with k and a half to maybe two k to go. He had a good run, but he, he was had a good good run and a good bike, mate. He would have won the race comfortably if he hadn't spent five minutes in the first transition. Why did you do five minutes in the transition? I don't know. Uh, so Shut up, Jason. He came so he's a listener of the show, actually. And it was quite cool because I didn't know from name when we're doing the. Well, well, he only really came into the picture in the very last part of the race. And then I saw him and I thought, wait a second, we did, we did breakfast with him in Kona. Mm. And uh, him and his wife. Um, Jennifer. Jennifer, yeah. So she was she raced, she raced pro, didn't she? She was supposed to race pro. She was injured. Yeah. And. Um, so they were over from the States and mm. uh, a lovely couple. And when we were in Kona, one of the first times we were in Kona, they stayed with Endurance Sports Travel. So we actually ended up having breakfast with them a few times and mm-hmm. don't look at the party. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and uh, yeah, and so it was really, and he loved the race. He said it was just an amazing race. And he um, he'd put a bit of Smackdown talk on Facebook earlier in the oh, week. Oh, really? He'd said, uh, I'm looking forward to passing you on the run. Oh, I thought, whatever. <laughs> I said, if you do, pass me a tissue because I probably won't be very happy at that stage. And he came running past me and said, here's your tissue. <laughs> I didn't have one, but... Uh, yeah, bit, of, bit of inside joke. Yeah, inside joke. So anyway, um, run was a bit of a struggle. But you know, all in all, in terms of the things uh, that I sort of took away from the race, the swim, you know, I've only been swimming twice a week and sometimes even less than that. I, I Swim, I'm as happy as I could be with the swim. It's not where I know I need to be, but it was good. Um, and uh, just a bit of a blowing off the cobwebs bike really pleased with how it went felt really good numbers were good heart rate was good um bike's been the focus you know most of the summer haven't done a huge amount of running probably went a little bit hard at the start but uh with a few too many spikes but overall really good and the main takeaway i have from the bike is you know just didn't get in the, in the in as much, much nutrition as I need to. So really, you, know, you learn so much more when you have when you're racing. When you're racing, yeah. and, and you have a bit of a I wouldn't say a failure, but you know a bit of a cock up. You, you learn so much more. If I'd gone through that race and had been bang, banged out of the four minute k's, I would have gone sweet. You know, I've had a great race, but I've actually learned a lot more about myself and about um, how I'm going to you know set myself up for the next few races because it was a bit of a meltdown on the run. The run was a combination of things. Um, combination of small, small little errors in the race, nutrition, maybe a little bit too hard. But the main thing for me is I, I don't race much. All, I didn't race at all last year. Uh, and tw- so last year was 2016. I tried, did a couple of running races, and so really haven't raced since 2014. And that racing is critical, I think, for a for for just getting your head right. B for hardening your legs up, and my mm. legs just weren't hard enough for that second half of the run. Um, I'd done a pretty short amount of run training, so I was a bit short on training, but they just weren't hard enough. So uh, that was my main issue on the run, just weren't hard enough, and uh, a little bit of nutrition problems and not quite enough training in there. So, yeah, overall, um, pretty pleased, but obviously disappointed um, that I just fell to pieces a bit. I did want to give a few things, a bit of a, you know, plugs and advice around Wanaka, because it was an awesome day. Oh, the weather was it fantastic. It was the whole day. The morning was great. 
it was beautiful. It wasn't too hot. Mm. And then the night, and and I did get the party happening. Yeah, good. Yeah. So John came up to me and said, "Is it high expectations on you getting the party happening?" I was like, "Oh God." And then, uh, but then. To be honest, it was pretty easy because the Christchurch crew are nutters. Yeah. And so I basically put the music on and said, guys, come into the middle. And everyone was up and dancing. So it was re- it was actually pretty special because cool. with the last people, we do this thing, the Tunnel of Love. And so people come around the corner and we get all the crowd mm. to create this tunnel for them to run through. Mm. And the music's pumping. and It's pretty cool. Yeah, no. And uh, I think Peter McLeod was, was supporter of the day out there. I saw him a few times and he was uh, very vocal in his support, which was great. So look, if you're thinking about coming down to Wanaka, we, we both love this event. It's the first time I've raced it since 2007. And it's just as you heard from the pros and you're going to hear from the guys it's just a real honest test there's no bullshit it's wicked course um the swim look if you're going to come down for the swim on the friday it was really pretty fresh it warmed up quite a bit for race day but it is a colder swim so if you really suffer in the cold um be get one of those warmer wetsuits. Get one of those warmer wetsuits and be ready for it to be to be pretty cold uh it's normally a little bit warmer than what it was this year but it's uh crystal clear water and you have you have views all around you and this year you know you're swimming and there's bloody snow on the mountains next year which is kind of unique the bike you know we well, i went for a swim in my break mm. i literally just got on my undies and went for a swim yeah and it was actually warm by the afternoon but yeah morning would have been different the bike we go on about the big chip um and i remember back from 2007 it was it was a big chip but it was a different course back there and i to be honest i found it not too bad it was still you are shaking around a bit but uh i'm getting used to the christchurch roads which are pretty shitty these days in places so i didn't actually find it too 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 bad but if you're from europe or from the us you come over here you need to be prepared not just for a lumpy bike course in terms of the profile but also it is pretty big chip and it does sort of vibrate you around quite a bit really honest course plenty of climbs but nothing too extreme you know, a few little pinches uh, I had a 39.23 um, and that was perfectly fine you had to get out of the seat a couple of times but um, yeah there, there, there's, no, there's not a technical um, bike course at all just plenty of hills in there um, I'd say if you're in the middle of the packer though and especially if you're doing the iron distance race you'd want to have a 25 on the back probably and it is claimed to be the most scenic course in the world and I think it, it's on par with a few other races around the world but, but it, it is amazing, amazing. Yeah. and the nice thing about it and you've got here later on that it's a bit sparse once you get out of the main areas. But for spectators, it's great because you can just stay in the same place all day. Mm, and see and, quite a bit. Yeah, and you really can because it, it, all day the race is happening. Mm. You know, all day people are coming because of the different distances. And, you know, the Wanaka downtown is just a beautiful spot anyway. And the way they've got all the food along the street front. So it's it's a you know it's a great place to bring the whole family. Yeah, you see your ride. If you're seeing, watching your ride, you'd see them four times, I guess, if yeah. you're doing the full. So. And the run twice. Mm. You know. And if it's a little out and back, so you actually kind of see them four times almost because mm. you, if you position yourself right. The run, massive percentage of it is on paths, and most of those paths are very well trodden. They're, they're not, yeah. not shingled. There's, there's that one stretch I talked about, a few Ks, where it is a bit up and down, and it's got a run through stand at one stage, but it's it's quite forgiving on your legs. It's up and down, um, but it's not like you're running on... Yeah, it's not a trail run. It is a trail run, but it's not a technical trail yeah. run, and it's really it's a well. beautiful around that around that, mm. that outlet. It's stunning. It does have a big climb on there, but all in all, it's you know if you want an honest test, it's great. Other things, um, you get to run past the bars, which is really cool for your you know the, the start finish laps. Yep. Um, there's not I didn't really see any drafting out there. If you're doing the full probably going to be pretty lonely on your second lap of the bike ride it's really spread out and it's not a big full um, field at all uh, great family location just round there and uh, New Zealand Queenstown Wanaka it's the best part of the country lots yeah, of things to do 
swims cold bike you're not going to set a pb rough roads but awesome course and uh the run is yeah, quite quite unique one thing i will say they had an app down there i don't know if you guys were yeah using I, I, well, I wasn't using it for what i was doing but i downloaded it it's pretty great it was great it had, it, there was time there was mats around the course um and so you got good updates it wasn't live tracking or anything like that but uh, in terms of gps but you know there was enough mats on the course where you really had a good idea where your athlete was at what place they were in it was great and i'm like why the hell can't ironman do this and roll this out globally it'd be so easy mm. um god it was yeah that was great so all in all a really cool event and a few guys that i spoke to that listened to the show that went down and said oh one of the reasons i came to this race was because of you guys talking about it and oh, they, they said they were not disappointed yeah well that's what we want and, and, and you know challenge put on such a professional race you know mm. it's quite nice because bill was running victoria's ran it for years and she's kind of moved away from that race recently and bill you know she always did a great job and bill ran it as well and it was actually a really he's just so relaxed you know you think a race mm. is gonna be pretty stressed and he's like oh no i trust my people and uh it was good because it seemed like everyone did a great job so well done challenge wanaka jombo Sponsor Extreme Endurance. Tell me about it. So, Arnold Silicon. I saw him there. I didn't get a chance to speak to him, yeah. but I did see him. Uh, won his age group. I think he was second. I should probably have a quick look here. I'm pretty, pretty sure he's oh, second, second age, age group, group overall. Oh, wow. um, came over to me, got me, uh, got a big Extreme Endurance order from me while he nice. was down there. So, Arnold's won Ultraman. He's won, uh, won Wanaka. He was first age group, I think, last year at Wanaka. I think he was second this year. There was a young whippersnapper, I think, uh, took him out, who was also a listener to the show. And I'm apologies for not coming in and finding you to interview you. Um, I was interviewing the pros, and I said, oh, yeah, he said, oh, I love the show. And, um, and I went to look for him afterwards and couldn't find him. Um, so... Arno was on the Extreme Endurance. Matt, we'll say Matt, Big Matt, who was wearing the I Am Talk gear yep. from Geraldine, he got in a bit of a panic the week before the race, sent me an email saying, I think I need to try some Extreme Endurance <laughs> a week out from the race. And I said, I put it on Courier, I said it'll be there on Monday. And uh, he took that and he said it made a really good difference for his his race. Oh, wow, great. So look, it can kick in really quickly. So if you are panicking for uh, Ironman New Zealand or anything like that, um, it does kick in really nicely. I know I took it as well. Helps with my recovery. But when you see guys like Arno and stuff taking extreme endurance, who, who does a lot of racing, um, a very experienced campaign, have been around for a long time. And you, when you see guys like that taking a product, you kind of go, well, if, if they've got belief in it, then uh, it should be good to go. So check it out, xendurance.com. Remember the promo code IMTOR. Uh, is it 10 or 20? It's 20 now, 20. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And you get yourself a fantastic discount and uh, use it. You know, if you guys have got a, you know, some of you guys will have the London Marathon and things like that coming up as yep. a European distributor. So go on the .co.uk website. Promo code should work in there as well and uh, get yourself sorted. Helps your recovery. You know, I went for a run on Monday. So today, race on Saturday, I was out running on Monday and didn't, you know, legs were still a bit tired, but didn't have that same sort of level of soreness. So check it out, xendurance.com. Okay, so we're going to put the male interviews, the top three in the guy's face, up right now. Okay, guys, we have uh, the Challenge Wanaka winner, which I kind of feel sorry for these guys. They crossed the line. Probably he's been finished maybe 10 or 15 minutes. He's gone to interview to interview. He's just been smoked with uh, champagne by Luke Bell, but he's uh, a good man, and Dougal Allen took out the race. So well done. Thanks, John. Right, now, we've got to figure out how the hell have you learned to swim so well because uh, obviously Dylan McNeese wasn't here this year, but still those guys aren't bad swimmers. Mike Phillips, you're only four minutes behind. And uh, <laughs> it's bloody smoking hot out here. It's about it's it's about 26 degrees, and poor old Dougal's sitting here. He's getting a hypothermia blanket, so he's clearly buried it. Now, um, what have you done to improve your swimming? Because that was a sensational swim for you. 
Oh, thanks, mate. Yeah, I mean, um, it's probably accumulative, really. I've worked with a guy, Jeremy Duncan, now for about a year and a half in Invercargill. I've probably seen him a total of three times in the last year and a half, but he, um, he's just one of those swim coaches, I guess, three years of experience. is quite intuitive, and, and we um, exchange emails after every single swim session, and, um, you know, we feed back to one another, and he just keeps my swims real real basic, I reckon, real simple, real specific, and... Uh, I mean, every time I get in the pool, there's a clear focus, and it's just worked really well for me. Now, on the, on the bike, um, I think on Torsten, you, I don't know if you've heard of tri-rating, I think you might be ranked number one, or you're in the top three in terms of cyclists around the world on a weighted system. So I think everybody was expecting you just to, you know, four minutes down out of the swim, just to get out there and just drill it to the front and go straight past. But um, were you surprised that you didn't catch the guys until, I think it was maybe about 140k? No, not really. My race plan, if I swim as well as I did, was to just really take a patient approach, especially to the first 100k. And you know, this is my fourth year running uh, racing Challenge Wanaka, and I know that that second lap out hardware on the bike is um, pretty brutal. It catches up on you, and uh, that's where I wanted to feel strong. Um, my special needs bottle had caffeine. I was just really shaping my. Um, bike stage I guess around that that last 80k and I was a bit worried you know there were three really good strong guys they seemed to be working quite efficiently together and the gap wasn't changing much but um, I just had to really trust in my plan and sure enough in that second lap as I hoped to be the case I I brought them back and I kind of I caught them quite quickly all of a sudden it kind of snuck up on me and I was sort of um, suddenly having to decide what I was going to do and just on instinct, I guess it's just my race mentality. I just shot past them at about 400 watts and just put my head down and hope like hell that it disheartened them, which, uh, as it turns out, it, it must have. In terms of for the power junkies out there, you know, the rest of the ride, what are you sort of riding to? I think I was averaging today around the 330 mark. Um, you know, that's, that's probably about right. It's at the higher end. It's probably... You know, it's it's probably a fairly safe but bordering on risky power um, average for me. But um, just with the calibre of the athletes in the race, I knew I had to put it on the line a bit. And um, and and to get a bit of a head start into that run, I think mentally was was uh, pretty important. Now, in terms of the run, I haven't seen what your run split was, but it stayed. You know, the gap stayed at three minutes to Mike, and he was saying his GPS was all over the show. Um, how did the run go for you? Oh, it's just a brutal run really and, and I don't think the run course itself is especially slow. We never see real fast times on it but I think the run times are often slow because of how tough that bike course is and uh, you know I went through that first lap in about 126 I think and uh, that was probably about par for the course for me and and the gap wasn't changing much to Mike but again I just had to really trust in my race plan and, and hope that my experience on the course would would uh, pay dividends and and we both slowed down on that second lap for sure but as it turns out you know I slowed down less. So um, is this is this your key race for the year you know you're a local um, in terms of sponsorship and, and obviously local sponsors and stuff is this your sort of number one target for the year? Oh absolutely it's my A race um, yeah oh sponsorship's a funny one I've never been much good at that <laughs> um, yeah crossing the line was pretty nice to come first today I think the credit cards are in a bit of a horrible state at the moment and um, you know I'm really lucky I get some awesome products from my sponsors and 
and I take a lot of pride in the gear I use because 95% of it I've, I've chosen myself and managed to strike up a relationship with the companies but you know the reality is in New Zealand it's, it's a small market and uh, and I've changed my thinking a lot over the years and, and, and nowadays I really just enjoy and thrive off relationships with good people and, and using good gear and that's what it's about for me so you know I'd love to do an event like Hawaii I guess but it's just not realistic for me and uh, and that's just the way it is and I just love making this my A race and, and, and you know there's a bit of risk that comes with that you know if the race doesn't go to plan it's kind of you're throwing all your eggs in that basket but for the last two years in a row you know it's paid off and it's just such a good feeling. Well, what's your plan for the rest of this year? Um, I'm sort of toying with Challenge Taiwan actually at the end of April, I quite like these challenge events and uh, I'm looking at that, or Ironman Australia, which I did last year, but again, you know, it's, um, I've just got to, I'm a father of two, and I'm a husband, and I've just got to make sure I'm making responsible decisions, and um, yeah, I'll try and get some support to some of these events, but um, we'll see what happens. And if people want to follow what you're up to, um, what's the best place to do that? Oh, I've got a pretty active Instagram and Facebook page, and uh, that's usually where I do my most regular updates and um, yeah that'd be cool if people jump on my Instagram handle I think they're called are they? Dougal underscore Allen and um, see what I'm up to that'd be awesome. And maybe just one last thing, How, you know, you've done a few Ironman races overseas now, maybe just contrast this race so people get an understanding compared to you know, 75% of the other races around the world. Oh this race, I've said it plenty of times, it's, it's an honest course. The finish line, um, as you cross that finish line, um, it's it's more often than not just a totally true reflection on you and your preparation for the event. And that's what I really love about it, you know. I've, I've done some um, half distance racing, for example, and even full distance racing on flatter courses, and um, you know, they just don't suit me. I, I, I love the courses that are just really tough, and, and to spend most of the day out on your own is kind of how I like it. So. If you're someone who, who thrives on tough conditions and, and a good, um, honest course, then Challenge Wanaka's for you. Awesome, mate. Well done. Fantastic effort. Great to see some Kiwis on top again, first and second. Uh, you go get yourself warm and recovered. Yeah, thanks, John. Appreciate it. Right, we've had, got somebody here who broke their iron virginity today. He's gone around the world smoking 70.3s in the last couple of years. And uh, first Ironman today was Mike Phillips. Uh, finished second overall with a good, strong day at the office. How are you feeling right now after your first Ironman or Iron Distance race? Uh, yeah, pretty sore, pretty tired. Um, it was a long day. So it feels about six times longer than a half Ironman. But um, it was an awesome day. Really awesome course, really tough course. Um, I'm sure I'll be sore tomorrow. How was the swim for you? You know, you've, you've done short course racing, ITU stuff, you've done halves, you've probably seen that the, the intensity goes down a touch in the half. And then for the full, you know, um, how much effort did you put in out in the swim? And were you, I, I saw you were first out, but were you leading all the way around? Yeah, um, I didn't actually swim that fast at the start, but I found myself in the lead. So um, I thought, well, it's a good position to come out. And it meant that I could ride with some guys. Um, so I just kept at the front and no one tried to come around me. So I just stayed there and I wasn't swimming that hard. I was just swimming steady kind of tempo. Um, yeah. And then, then on the bike, you know, you, I guess you don't really know how hard to go, so how did you sort of you know, manage your effort on the bike, maybe your plan versus what actually happened out there? Yeah, so my plan was to just, um, if I was by myself, just ride around 300 watts and if I was with the others, just follow them and there's a lot of experienced guys racing, like I think I was the youngest by quite a bit today, so um, 
I just kind of gauged off them and um, trusted their experience. Mm. And how did the bike feel? The uh, bike feel good, felt good. Um, Dougal came past at around 140k and I was pretty comfortable until then. Um, I had to push the pace a bit to uh, keep him at bay, but um, I think I came off, I lost maybe two minutes in the last 40k, but I was still holding good power. Um, power kind of dropped off in the last five to 10k, but um, apart from that, it was pretty steady. How about your nutrition? How did that go? You know, first time up? Yeah, pretty good. Um, I made a plan with um, Ian Hallamans, the nutritionist. Um, I followed it pretty closely, just lost a couple, lost one bottle coming through town on the Jutta bars, so I kind of had to do some maths in my head and uh, work out what I was missing and grab some stuff at the next aid station, but um, apart from that it all kind of went well. Um, I found it hard on the run to get in the nutrition, but I think that's probably all part of it and just something to learn. And, and how did the run pan out? Um, so, felt I didn't get um, GPS on my watch until about 7k in, so it was just using the accelerometer. It told me I was running five minutes per k, so I was a bit, I was a bit um, disheartened. Uh, I kept trying to pick up the pace, and it would only get slower. So I, was th I think it said I was running five tens or something, and I was like, "Wow, that's like three and a half hours for the marathon." Yeah. And um, then it popped up GPS ready, so uh, I started again, and I was running around 14 pace. And it felt quite comfortable, but I just wanted to wait and wait, and um, I kept the gap to Dougal roughly the same. I think it was still around three minutes at um, halfway, but the running legs didn't really turn up. I think the bike just sat me a bit, and um, so I just went into a bit of survival mode to get around the course for the second lap and um, hold on to second place. So was it harder than you planned, or harder than you expected? Um, I didn't expect to ride that hard. Um, and the run, I was kind of thinking that the first kind of 5-10k would be a bit easier than it was. Like I, I was really having to focus and stuff to keep the keep the pace consistent. Keep those 5 minute k's going. Yeah, keep the 5 minute k's going. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, but I tried to pick up the pace a bit sort of midway in the run, but it wasn't really much response from my legs. So uh, it's probably a pretty good indication that I was pretty well cooked by that stage. So what's the plan now, you know, is, is this sort of stage one and, and going long or are you still going to focus on the halves? Because, you know, it's obviously, it's a real bitch to try to qualify for Kona when you haven't done much racing. So what's your sort of plan over the next uh, 12 to 24 months? Yeah, so um, I finished up work and um, at Christmas time, so I've had the last kind of five to six weeks just to prepare for this and see how it went. I haven't made any plan for the rest of the year, I was kind of seeing if this if I was suited to fulls or kind of how I'd pull up, how the recovery goes, um, whether I'd do another full again or go back to some halves for another six months and try and get a bit stronger before I do an Ironman again. Um, yeah, that's all kind of in, the, in for discussion the next few days, but mm. I haven't made any plans yet. How are you going to, you know, are you, you think you're going to be able to survive in terms of um, doing the halves? You know, you've, done, you've done really well over the last couple of years. Is it, are you sort of giving yourself a couple of years or are you giving yourself a year to see if you can uh, make enough to get by? Or what's your sort of plan for as, a, as a sort of a, I know you've been racing pro but actually now you are a full time athlete. Yeah so um, I guess I kind of worked nearly full time for the last four years so I've been able to kind of get myself sorted enough that I can support myself while I'm taking a bit, bit of extra time to train and um, race and obviously a bit of prize money helps but um, it might be tough going for a couple of years, but um, I'd rather give it a shot now than sort of die wondering. Exactly. Oh, fantastic effort first up, and uh, you know, it's a pretty impressive time you did out there, so well done. Thanks, John.
Okay, we've got third place getter uh, Luke Bell over there. Looked like he had a pretty strong day. I was sort of finishing up uh, the half and I saw you heading out in third. You managed to maintain that all the way through. So, well done. How are you feeling right now about your race? Are you stoked? Are you average? Are you over the moon? How are you feeling? Yeah, pretty good. Like That's just uh, a brutally honest course and i got an absolute ass-whipping by the two boys up front. Um, you know, you, you saw the new Dougal was coming all day. Um, it was, I think, we sort of, I guess we, we mucked around a little bit in the swim and I was pretty content to sit in. Um, and you sort of knew the pace wasn't quite hot enough. And then when we stood out of the water and I saw Per Bittner there, I was like, oh, we're probably, <laughs> we're probably swam a little bit too easy. Um, and then I was actually shocked that Mackenzie wasn't, wasn't with us, actually. Yeah. And then, you know, it was more, I think, Rhodesie got a little bit excited but, and we were, um, Mike and I were biding our time, I think, until Luke caught up and then you sort of knew the race was going to start then. Um, it was a matter of getting the calories in, packing the nutrition in and, and getting ready for it. And then, you know, same thing again when, when you were sort of waiting for Dougal to, to bridge up. I think he was only about four minutes down. So, yeah, um, yeah and then the run, you know, I felt reasonably good for the first lap and then you know, I took a bit of a digger on the on the trail. Got plasters all over yeah. his hands. But you know that's and then it was you know actually probably you know it's it's I could use it as a good excuse but from that on from about there 23 25k I was sort of in damage control I think the relentlessness of the bike course and even the trail running on the first lap I was VMOs were cramping and I was sort of shuffling walking backwards up some some hills and trying to run the downhills as quick as I could to yeah. that yeah as I said second lap damage control um brutally honest course but a satisfying one when you you cross the finish line and you know you, you cross that line and you know you've done a good race perfect weather um you know the the two boys up front had a great race so it's nice to walk away with third. It's great for the race to have them battle it out. I think the, the girls were down to about 30 seconds when I oh, last really? heard too. Yeah. So that's going to be a great race, a cracking day. Family's here, so it's time to go and have a beer. So where are you at in your career? You know, um, you've had some amazing wins and we remember Cam you and Cameron Brown going head to head and, and you've won, won races, you've had some DNFs all over the place. So where, where are you sort of at with your career at the moment? Yeah, I guess it's, you know, I had a, you know, I fractured my pelvis last year. I had surgery probably the year before that so the past two two and a bit years has just been I guess I've been trying to race as well as I possibly can um, you know you, you try not to throw it out there too much no one likes to hear a good excuse um, mm. I'm the same someone says something and you sort of roll your eyes and go whatever and move on so you know I deal with it I ra race the best I could the past few years so it's nice to be actually uninjured and you know I've had a, a pretty good prep for this um, I, I sussed out the elevation gain and Made sure every week I did my long ride over the elevation game, but I was saying to Dougal afterwards, I actually don't think I could prepare properly for this race back home. Um, I don't know where you'd have find the course roads and just the relentless ups and downs. Yeah. Um, so, you know, to, to come back and and have a fair... Well, not that I didn't have a fair income crack, but yeah. the knowledge you gain from this race, to come back and do it again, I think I'd have to go away. And nicely enough, Dougal said, come over and train in New Zealand. Yeah. So I said, I'll, yeah, I'll come shadow you for five weeks. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I honestly think I'd have to, to to go away and, you know, whether it be come over here for a month to, to actually get ready for it. Because, as I said, it's a brutally honest race um, and a great race, but the scenery is magic. Have you done harder races around the world in terms of Ironman? I mean, I know there's some nut bar courses, you know, Edinburgh Man and stuff like that, but is, is that about as hard as it gets? Yeah, I reckon for a full distance race, um, you've sort of done a, 
a few halves that would be equal to this, you know, your wildflowers, um, you know, St. Croix is pretty, you know, up there in terms of, but, you know, the, probably wildflower would be the, the closest um, to, to what I've done with the half of this, but in terms of full distance race, no, I've, like Port Macquarie solid, but there's some good flat sections in the middle of it where you can just, you know, tuck in the bars and, and just sort of push along a gear, but yeah, nothing like this. Mm. It's a credit. Oh, it's an amazing race. Uh, so what's your plan for the rest of the year? Um, yeah, I'm done with Kona. Um, I decided that actually sort of last year when I fractured my pelvis. I've raced there 13 times. I think I've done that half eight, so 20 times to Kona. It's time to, for the next year or so to do some fun races. Um, you know, I'm 37 now. I don't want to string it on past my like, expiry date. So um, I'll do Ironman Ironman Cairns, um, obviously a big one, decent prize money, it's close to home. Um, I'll do Challenge Melbourne next. And then the back half of the year, I'll probably look at doing some race, either the China halves or some other races, challenge races in Asia. But yeah, it's more, I guess, races that I want to do now rather than doing the old, you know, punching yourself in the guts, chasing KPR points. How do, how do the sponsors sort of feel about that? You know, you've, you've had, I think, good sponsors over the years. You've had quite yeah. a few American-based sponsors and stuff. So how do they sort of feel about that? And, and how have they been going through that sort of broken pelvis period, you know, when you haven't got any income coming in from, from racing? You know, how's it been? Yeah, everyone's been really good. Like, yeah, as you said, I had, I've had US sponsors for most of my career. And um, I was conscious effort probably two to three years ago where I was, all right, I need to start the process to move them back. To Australia. Um, so most of my sponsors now are Australasian based or Oceania based. Um, so as long as I'm racing, you know, if I'm racing in the US or even Kona as such, mm. like un unless you're in the top 10 in Kona, yeah. the sponsors don't really get anything out of it. So they're more than happy for me to, to race New Zealand, Australia and Asia. And, you know, and in terms of fractured pelvis and injuries, you know, they're all supportive. They realise it's it's sport, there's ups and downs, and unfortunately, you know, you ride the, high, ride the highs and the lows. What do you got planned for the next couple of days? Are you going straight home? Are you going to go hit some of the uh, bungee jumping and stuff, just test those calves out? No, yeah. No, we, we always try and, you know, make the most of a race, and half the reason here was you, you saw the photos, and I did plan to come last year until I stacked the bike. Um, we're hanging around till Friday. Um, you know, I've cycled a lot over the years with Greg Henderson, so... Yeah. We trip down Dunedin Way for two nights, um, nice. and then back up. We've got two nights in Queenstown, but you know we might even stay another night around here. Um, but yeah, just spend the week touring around. The missus wants to hike up the, the mountain in the background, so I might be on Daddy Judy, I think. <laughs> but judging by the way you're walking, that ain't happening. Nah, nah, I'll be on Daddy Judy, sitting sitting back down by the by the lake, I think. Fantastic, awesome. Well, it was great to see you right up there today. Um, we are happy that Kiwis uh, took it out, but it's great uh, for our neighbours to be up there in third place, so well done. Absolutely, thank you very much. Okay, Jombo. Sponsors. No, patrons. 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 So we're going to do our third row today. I think we're going to go. Third, got, row. Uh, third row down. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm sure this is Tommy Tommy Maud, I'm sure. No? No, yes, it looks like on. Tommy Maud. Ah, oh, come on, the new website's not working the way I want it to. Well, I'm not quite sure which one you're saying. Are you saying the, the, the one with the, the mountain, chain? Mountain biking dude. Oh, okay. I'm going to have a look. It is Tommy Moorwood. Oh, well done. There you go. See, I know our patrons. Tommy Moorwood, I think he's from South Africa. Got good old Uli there. Does uh, Grand, Grand Fondo, New York. Got some fairly unique colours uh, with that stuff. And then uh, Levi Colsar. He's uh, did 
his picture there is Oceanside 70.3 racing against James Stewart plan on punching the back of his head <laughs> during the swim <laughs> deflating his bike tyres in T1 switching his running shoes with a pair of two sizes small in T2 and uh, planning fellas get ahead of him get ahead of the game <laughs> Nice work. I wasn't ready for that. So thanks. Look, guys, if you if you are a patron of the show and your picture's not up, not up on our website, those are three guys there that have sent through sent through a picture. Just sent through maybe a little, little bit about yourself. We want to get a bit more connected with you guys in terms of uh, the people that are helping support the show. It's um, if you guys like what you're hearing, you know, get on board. Um, it's like a coffee a month or whatever level you want to come in at. Uh, if you go for the ten dollar option a month, then you get sent out one of our black cool. Heavy duty IM Talk swim caps. You come in at twenty bucks a month. Then you get a an IM Talk beanie as well, which will come in handy for you Northern Hemisphere athletes right about now. Uh, so you get a nickname. I love the photos. If you've even gone to our new website, check out the photos of the patrons because there's so many cool photos. Mm. Gotta say, whoever this is, he's got old good old Rob Gray holding a mountain bike like a, holding a bike like a gun. Yeah. That, that could be a really bad shot, but actually he's nailed it. Good. Oh, good times. Okay, so patrons, www.imtalk.me, and you can support the show like the people on this page. Uh, just, and, and seriously, guys, it makes a big difference to what we do. So thank you, all the patrons. Okay, John, the goss. The goss. Wedding time, Bevan. Okay, so I got married. I got married, yeah. It was, it was, so it started on the th- Friday night. Yes. We had a stag oh, well, God, It was a while ago, wasn't it? Yeah, it was fun. No, the Friday night was heaps of fun, wasn't it? I've got to admit, I was a little sceptical about it. I was going, does this sound like fun? I thought, I thought, it'd be, I thought this would be cool. But, so um, what they did is they hired these balls. It's kind of like orbs. That you but but they weren't whole body orbs. So you weren't inside the orb. You more kind of mm. put it over yourself like a backpack. But then it covered the whole body to about knee height. So you could be yeah. running around and playing like football and yeah. – and, uh, yeah, and and it was it was it, it was, was great fun. But God, it got your heart rate up, didn't it? It was hard work. Yeah, when I had to take on everyone, yeah, and I did manage to get to the end. But oh my God, I was huffing and puffing like there was no tomorrow. So we started with a bit of football, and that was really just hacking it. You just kind of hack it up yep. the field, and then we did a bit of kind of bull rush, yep. which is basically all of you trying to get down one end, somebody in the middle. If you knock them over, then you've got two in the middle. And, and it's so quite on. fun because you're sprinting along, and you think you're going to smash someone, and then out of nowhere, someone just takes you yeah. out. Eh? Uh, it's kind of you know when you're doing. You, it was, it was just, when you're doing something that's kind of quite hard physically, but you're laughing while you're doing it, mm. it was a bit like that, wasn't it? Was it? Very hard work. And then John, and, his, yeah. and so they got me in a Borat outfit, so yeah. that, so which I wasn't, wasn't pretty. I wasn't that happy with, to be honest. <laughs> but but um, so I got in my Borat outfit, and then John decided he was going to do his be a mile trick, yes. and he loaded the deck. <laughs> he loaded the deck. So he had he had. Basically, the four top guys there. Four, four fittest looking dudes who could run, sort of. And out. they had to scull a beer and do a lap, and I had to scull a Coke and do four laps, basically. And each time I was trying to take a lap, well, after the first lap, it was pretty obvious who I was going <laughs> to win, because you took off, and I was like, I hadn't even started my drink. We had, we had one of the, uh, who went for first? It was Cam, who's a gym I think, guy. No, no, was it? Was it? No, I think. Yeah, it was. Oh, no, yeah, because I cheated. I took off. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Cam, then and you. Then I, I was second. And then I, Porno. And I, was, I was running pretty slow. I thought, I'll give, give him a chance. You're a fair yeah, way. And you're back. miles ahead of me. And then they made everyone wait after that. So then Porno had to wait till I got back to drink. Mm. And then him and I were pretty close. And then Duncan and I. And Duncan and I, I, I kind of, last lap, I thought, I can maybe take him. And I started to go yeah. down. But my wanger came out. <laughs> he takes wanger of the week. I take wanger of the week this week because I was basically the it was boy head wasn't head. very supportive. Yeah, 
And I was putting the afterburners on. Started to come in, and I knew Jeff was filming the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> Once the wanger came out, I'm out. I was out. I, I stopped. I boarded straight away. Put the wanger back in. Jogged home. There's no way I'm running with my wanger coming out. So and then we went back and had a barbecue. So it was heaps of fun. And I, and it was quite nice because I stayed at my parents' house the mm-hmm. night before. And I haven't stayed at my parents' house for like bloody twenty years. So mm. and I re- my, like I really get along with my parents. So it was cool. Boys came around. We hit some golf balls. John, I'm a shocking golf player, mm. but on my wedding day. Mm. I always played Tiger Woods Nice I was just banging it out of the park yeah. I was pretty happy about that So that was kind of cool And then one thing we did Which I, I would recommend people doing Is getting your photos done first mm. So Which in some ways Takes away a little bit From that moment When you see each other Walking up the aisle mm. But It was It was such a good idea Because A it was actually quite nice And we took a photo Where we turned back to back So we were back to back And then we turned And saw each other the first time So we got that moment anyway mm. But it was um, It was quite fun It was quite relaxed You know Just hang out with your mates and then went to the ceremony. It was a bit windy in the ceremony. It was a bit breezy. But luckily, I don't think it took away from it. You know, I think yeah. it was any more. It could have been a bit of a problem. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, we were really happy with the ceremony. We tried to make it quite personal, and it was cool. And then uh, when kind of tongue out, spoke to people for a couple yeah, of hours. Was, the thing was, it was downwind. So you could, yeah. there was one girl you couldn't hear Tyler, very well. my daughter. She didn't want to be heard that well. No, I think there was, it was, the, it was another girl. Oh, uh, Amelia. Yeah, yeah, yeah there was yeah. one girl we couldn't. But the rest you could hear all fine because it was downwind. So the, yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, and it was a great venue because we got the ceremony kind of by the water. Yeah. And then about a couple hundred meters away, there's the function room. And luckily the function room was set up so the wind wasn't a problem. Mm. And then we just kind of talked. And then the speeches, my dad blew me away with his speech because mm. my dad doesn't speak at all. He was funny. Yeah, he did really well. But all the speeches were really cool, really happy with the speeches. Great uh, MC, MC, he was on fire. He was on he was fire. Now, Mark's, Mark Rippo, he is. He's a guy we go camping with with Glenn Do. And he's a bit of a funny guy. Yeah. And so I said to him, like, do you want to be MC? And, and, and you know, we knew he'd be funny, but he was he, he was, was phenomenal. He, yeah. was, he was absolute gold. Um, and then we just partied, eh? I was you, you tucking me out, man. I was, <laughs> we left before the end. Uh, I was just destroyed. Oh, mate! But you're rocking it up. <laughs> I was rocking it up. Oh, mate! Because yeah. that was what I loved is that we've got such good friends, and everyone wants to participate in life. And I, for me, it was like once the speeches, once the formalities were done, I just want people to get up and party. Mm. And man, we party. It's, yeah, the dancing started pretty early, so I think you tuck it a few people out pretty early. Yeah, it was. It was, and then yeah, it was, it was great. Like mm. it was. It was awesome. It was everything we wanted it to be. And mm. it was, you know, we've got such good friends and family and luckily the weather was good and I don't know, it was just... It was Did awesome. you see the eels outside? Well, you and Belinda disappeared for a while. I thought you might oh, be... Oh, yeah. She might, you might be showing her some kind of eel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come yeah. look at the eel. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there, there, were, there were heaps of them, weren't there? Yeah, there were these lights. It was, next to, it was on a golf course. It was in the... the, the Sort of the, the restaurants next to the 18th green, and they've, so they've got the 18th green, and then they've got a big uh, a lake next to that, and there's a bunker and stuff out there as well. And uh, yeah, there's a light shining down there, and there was there was heaps of eels. Yeah, it was unbelievable. And then um, went home. We actually didn't go to sleep for like an hour and a half because you need to unwind. We actually mm. made a video talking about a day, and we did have to do something that needs to be done on your wedding oh, night. Gosh. So we, we made sure we were official, <laughs> and then. Um, and then, you know what, the next day. So the next day you couldn't out as you seem to have a post-wedding day. Mm. And we just we said meet at a bar so we didn't have to kind of do any work around it. And um, be there for two hours after about an hour and a half. Man, did I hit the wall. <laughs> and I was like, got home. I was like, babe, we've got to go. Because I'm like, I'm, I've just hit the wall. Got home. And I don't know why I paid for, to hire a DVD. It was mm. a waste of money because literally push play. And I, it was like I'd done an Ironman. I was yeah. so tired. So then, and then went away to Tekapo. We're going to spend a few days. We're going to spend a week in Tekapo. 
and then in Christchurch, these fires started, mm. and uh, and so and they were pretty bad, weren't they? They were bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it was, it got within you know, as as a, a stone's throw, probably you know, five five hundred meters to a k of your place. Yeah. Uh, I'm on the next hill over, so it wasn't such an issue. But uh, we had uh, Aussies and stuff. This is standard practice for you guys. Yeah. Um, but you know, in Christchurch, this was a never experienced this before. It was a massive wall oh, of man. fire, like. Yeah, they're saying like 40, 50 meter high flames and stuff. Yeah. It was, and uh, yeah, a few people, a few places, houses did get burnt down, and a lot of places were evacuated. And uh, it was, yeah, it was big it was time. Pretty I, I came so out of the pool on Thursday, Wednesday, or Thursday, Thursday morning, I think it was, and uh, and driving towards the hills, and it was still dark, and you you see this massive line of fire. It was incredible. Well, yeah, well that's so. So we were in Tekapo, and the fires were happening, but it was all like, we were pretty fine, our house is going to be pretty fine. And then Wednesday night, we went to sleep at about nine, and I rang mum beforehand, I said, look, do we need to worry? And she said, no, no, you're fine. And then she rang us an hour later, and she said, look, the winds have changed, and it's heading your way. And we were like, we're going to have to go home. So mum and dad actually came back to our house and grabbed lots of our kind of precious things. And we came home from Tekapo, and I like, did I speed coming home? <laughs> <laughs> I think I did two hours 15 from Tekapo. Yeah. So I was booting at home. Um, and because the roads were clear. So, um, but I have to admit, it was a bit scary, you know. And we were, John, as John said, probably four or 500 meters away from it. But yeah. if it hit homes, it, oh, you know, like, like, so basically it was just all kind of greenery that it was getting. But if it had got to the homes, it would have been disastrous. Mm. And it was kind of getting pretty close to some mm. of the homes on our side of the hill. And um, so we got home and it was just a real surreal feeling because you were kind of like, we packed up the car and we, and we the, basically the point, the evacuation point was literally 20 metres away from our house. Oh, right. So I was right in that corner up there. Yeah. And um, so we were thinking we were going to get evacuated at some stage. Didn't, woke up in the morning and luckily the winds were working in our favour. So then luckily the winds were pushing the fire away and then by Friday we were fine. But it was, mm. it was there was kind of probably four hours where it was like, you know, like we knew we had everything we needed out of our house, but it was it was seriously thinking, oh, we may lose our house, which mm-hmm. was a kind of a surreal thing to go through. So, um, but luckily for us, we did a few people did lose some houses. I think eleven houses were lost, and unfortunately, there was a loss of life because mm, helicopter that, yeah, crash. Yeah, really sad. Um, but you know, it, it could have been a lot, lot worse. So you know, it was a crazy time. But also, thank you to everyone because we've got so many emails and Facebook messages from people just kind of checking in. So thank you to everyone for that, and also thank you for everyone for all the um, wedding wishes. Again, I got mm. so many, and it was a, it was an awesome day. It was really pretty special. So there you go. Now That's I've got so. a ring. Oh you. yeah, you got a ring. Yeah, yours is bigger than mine. Jeez, that's heavy duty. Hey, mate. yeah, yeah, yeah. bloody golem or something there. Yeah, bloody precious. Anyway, this is a bloody this long a show. Bloody long show. So let's wrap it up. I'm Russ. I'm Train hard. Train smart. Kicker. Kicker.